Hey, Cheesemosas. I'm Igby. I'm Stephanie. And we are. And we are the Cheesemay Queens. (laughs) Stephanie's drunk. I'm not drunk. You took such a long pause that I had to say. You weren't paying attention to me. You weren't looking at me. I was bringing up my cheese bit. (laughs) I was listening. Do we need to take it again? No, I think that's great. Leave it in. <laughs> All right. Let's see well, welcome. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. We are the Cheesemit Queens. And if you're new to this podcast and not from South Texas, Cheesemit means gossip. So we are here for all the Cheesemit, all the piping hot tea, all the gossip about Married at First Sight. So if you have any to share, make sure you hit us up on social accounts. Our Instagram is at Cheese McQueen's podcast and our Twitter is at Cheese McQueen's. We're also building a community on our Facebook group. So go ahead and find us there too. If you like what you hear today, make sure you share, like, subscribe, and rate this podcast. It helps your fellow Cheesemosas find us and stay up to date on all your Married at First Sight Cheesemen. Today, we are covering Married at First Sight, season 14, episode four. But before we hop into today's episode, Igby. Do you have any cheese So I was a bad chismosa this week. I stayed pretty clear of the interwebs. You know, life was happening. Not really. But I don't know. I just know I didn't catch any big blind items. But I do have the results from our Spotify poll. Ooh, do tell. Every once in a while when we post uh, the podcast on Spotify, we do have the ability to post polls. So we do post those from time to time just to kind of get feelers on how you guys are feeling about the couples and the episodes. So since we are finally out of the weddings and on to the honeymoon, I thought it would be best to see who we're liking so far as a couple. So I asked who was the best matched. And it looks like we have a tie at 0% for Mark and Lindsay and Alyssa and Chris. Shocker. We have another tie at 14% of the votes going to each Katina and Olajuwon and Jasmina and Michael. Okay. And it looks like the most successful match that you guys think is Noi and Steve at 71% of the vote. I, I kind of agree with that. I think that's pretty spot on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we know Alyssa and Chris are a dumpster fire. Mark yeah. and Lindsay. Uh, <laughs> that could go... In a number of directions. Mark is just shocked all the time. He has Mark face the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I couldn't imagine being married to her. I like, um, I like Katina and I like Jasmina, but in this episode, they were giving me vibes that, I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't think, I think there might be some fundamental differences between Mike and Jasmina and with Olajuwon and Katina, I, I I just think it's it's hard for him to break some habits. Mm-hmm. I hate thinking that people can't change, but he seems like he might not be able to change. It's like a lot of talk, a lot of fluff. Right. So, Trying to convince mm. himself. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I can see that. Mm, but we'll see how it plays out. Maybe he'll surprise us. Someone always refers to that other couple that the guy was a playboy. Woody and Amani. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that, but. I t- they're like the all-time favorite. Mm. 
And it really was like was that ten? Uh, eleven. The one in eleven. Oh, okay, I have to see that. I have to go back and watch. It's a good one because yeah, he did a total three sixty from the way they edited him to be to the way he actually was. One eighty. Whatever. <laughs> he came back again around another time. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why I don't have like hot cheese myth. It's just a little bit of cheese myth. So there's this weird anti Steve Noy account on Reddit. Yeah, that's the face I made too. But apparently they post things like runaway and like just basically Are that we? over to Steve and Noy, like bad match, runaway, don't do it. Yeah. That's the bad one though. <laughs> I don't they're know because I haven't seen it honestly because it's a new it's a new account they post it and then delete it and a few people who are like Reddit experts have found it out and they posted the screen name but mm. they're like they they're like what's up with this account and they only post about Steve and Noy or comment about it and then they delete it an hour or so later and just to post again later later on and make a different comment so weird that is weird because number one what's the point of saying it if you're gonna delete it because the only person who's gonna see it is whoever posted it and that person isn't steve or noy so who cares <laughs> yeah <laughs> right? I, don't, I don't get it i don't All that's get gonna happen it. is that one person is gonna get that notification maybe somebody else will happen to see it and then that's it <laughs> So what was the point of doing that? I don't know. They leave it up for like an hour or two and then take it down. Yeah, that is weird and creepy. Yeah, this the screen name is posted on the spoiler thread, the mega thread for season 14. So if you want to check it out. Another piece I have is Clara finally got her name back. Changed it officially on the Instagram. So there you go. All that <laughs> BS was for nothing. Just talking to talk. I guess. I don't care. No one did. Oh, you know what? We... We never followed up about, did you hear anything about their conference? No. I didn't hear a thing about it. Me either. I forgot it happened <laughs> till right now. <laughs> Maybe other people forgot to. Whoops. Oops. <laughs> Jamie Otis is fertile. She felt the need to post that. Let everyone yeah. know. <laughs> Just what I want to see on the internet, your ovulation calendar. <laughs> what the hell? Keep a little mystery, Jamie. Just just a just a smidge. She can't. <laughs> like literally cannot. She's as quickly as she's losing relevancy, she's just <laughs> grabbing on anything. Anything. Yeah. Old news. Not old news. I shouldn't say that. Uh past season veteran Rachel has a travel blog. It's called Booked at First Sight. So she's trying to parlay her stint on the show i said lifetime's gonna sue you <laughs> right kinetic, yeah kinetic, whatever the hell they're called yeah they might the licensing right. or whatever yeah because i think that happened to the 90 day gays right mm -hmm. they weren't well they were they're now they're the reality gays podcast and but before they were the 90 day gays and then they tried to trademark it mm -hmm. and then like uh and tlc came after them hard <laughs> So they had to change their name real quick and hire like actual lawyers and stuff. But and that's why yeah. we are called Cheese May Queens and not Married at First Sight. Gossip each girls. other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two, two trademarks. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. I'm extra giggling. Yeah. So she has a post on her trip to Tulum uh, where Mirla booked everything and is in all the pictures. <laughs> So 
what's her cut? I don't know. But, you know, it's it's interesting. You know, the pictures are good. Like, the information's good. It's a good blog post. So kudos to her for actually doing something she loves, one, and then taking her clout or what whatever following she gained from the show and trying to monetize it. I mean, that's not poop tea. I think that's cool. (laughs) Um, Keto uh, enchiladas and shit that everybody on 90 Day Fiance sells. I know. No. Hard pass. Did you see, uh, what's her face? What is her name? The one that's traveling around with David? Amira. Amira and her waffles. (laughs) No. I'm glad. I don't even want to know what that sentence means. All right. Never mind then. So yeah, good for Rachel. She has a travel blog. On current Married at First Sight cast members, there is a conspiracy theory about Chris's uh, smear campaign Mm -hmm. on Reddit that um, maybe it's not his ex-girlfriends, but it's Alyssa trying to make make it better for herself. That's possible. She is a social media coordinator or manager or whatever, so she could have all the lurker accounts and... And whatnot. I know you called it. So Chris could be a normal guy and she's just kind of trying to smear him. I don't know. But the whole thing with him and uh, Married at First Sight fan? Yeah. That's what kind of makes me give him a side eye. Like, you can curse me out, dog. Right? (laughs) No, yeah, I, I agree. I think he just, yeah, he gives me weird vibes too just during the show at times. Don't get me wrong. I feel bad for him. Because Alyssa's just trash and she's not giving him a chance whatsoever. But yeah, he's still like, there's certain moments where I'm like, ew, no thanks. Yeah. He didn't even give him a chance to be the asshole that he thought he was. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Come on now. Uh, But speaking of Alyssa, somebody posted a picture or a few pictures of her ex, blocked out his face. Oh. Yeah, blocked out his face, but... No, he's huge. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger huge. Like his biceps are the size of your head. Gigantic. I don't like that. Muscly, muscly man. And so... Compared to Chris. Chris is is not her (laughs) dad bod. (laughs) Period. Yeah. So dad bod is not her type. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. (laughs) The last piece of tea I have, the last cheese meh, is someone found Olajuwon's old Twitter account. I saw this. <laughs> <laughs> so he hasn't posted since December 22nd, 2009. But here's just here's just a little glimpse of Isaac. Um, but this stuff was hmm. like from that long ago. He was like 16. That doesn't mean Isaac wasn't around. I guess. Child, I thought Isaac didn't come to college. <laughs> So his um, subheading is play b-ball, ride motocross, rap, write songs, single, get it. Here's one of his his tweets. Ready? Why? No. (laughs) Only a hoe would suck a dick and ask for seconds. LOL, hoes. (laughs) Them hoes do be funny. (laughs) And it is kind of (laughs) true. Here's another, another winner. Robin Thicke is black. Real talk. He doesn't look exactly like his dad, Alan Thicke, who's definitely black. <laughs> yeah, those are the, the winners there. The only other one that I screenshotted was, I love Alicia. Thickness for days. Winners. True that. True that. <laughs> hopefully there's better cheese men next week. But that's all I have. Yeah, hopefully. So next week we'll have 
some more people coming out of the woodworks. Oh, you know what? So here's another piece I forgot. Um, supposedly, Alyssa is only on. Alyssa and Chris are only on for six episodes, so we're on episode four. Good. Bye. Yeah. You shouldn't have yeah. even gotten to episode four. You shouldn't have even been allowed to go on this damn honeymoon. I know, right? I don't even know what's going to even go on for two more episodes. Like, the more of this bullshit, like, over it. And like I said, I only saw her wear that one bathing suit and the one outfit that she wore at the airport, which was the same one she had on when they had the fight. <laughs> Those were the only two things I saw her wear in the previews. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how they can keep dragging this out. I have no idea. I have no idea. Even if I, like, even if I was him, I'm like, I don't want to do this shit no more. Like, she obviously does not want to be talk to me. So why do I have to sit here and try to engage and with humiliate her? myself? Yeah, like, can't I just enjoy my honeymoon? <laughs> shit, I know there's some bad bitches in Puerto Rico. There you go. I'm trying to find a 90 day fiance crossover. <laughs> Forget Alyssa. She ain't that cute anyway. Mm-mm. But I digress. Well, let's jump into it. Um, we'll start with Alyssa and Chris, but first, do you have a title? I thought you were going to ask me if I had cheese nails. Like, we did that already. No, a title, <laughs> bitch. You got a title? <laughs> yes. Season 14, episode 4 Bliss, Brunches, and Brawls. Oh, my. Oh, my. I do love alliteration. Didn't we have a title like this last season? I was thinking the same thing. This is like, they use it over and over again. I bet you. Let's let's keep this in mind and, and pay attention for next time. Unless you want to take a deep dive and go through all the titles ever. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's start with the Liz and Chris. So it kind of just starts where we ended last time. It's the wedding night. Chris is still walking around looking confused and upset uh he doesn't know what's going on she doesn't want to sleep in the same room with him she says she keeps saying that things just don't sit right with her and he just has no idea because he said he had a good day and he tries to be the good guy and says do you want me to do you want to talk with the cameras off the mics off and she's like no it's really late she just feels uncomfortable and she just wants them to sleep on it and have a clear head tomorrow and they can talk about it then and he plays it cool. And he's like, okay. In an ITM, he says he wanted to get married at first sight to find his person. This is not how he expected this to go. There's a reason the experts said that they would be a good fit. He trusts the process and he wants this to work. He has no idea what he did or said. Maybe his friend said something. He doesn't know. So right there, he already knows. <laughs> to me, he's like, I know I didn't say anything. My friends are shady as hell. <laughs> Yes, they're assholes, just like me. Uh-huh. And then he kind of just ends it there. He says he wishes he was married to someone who wanted to spend their wedding night together. Uh, yeah, that's usually our goal. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's, that's usually how weddings work. He doesn't know what's going to happen in the next 24 hours. Then we skip to day one of marriage, and it is a doozy. Uh, he says that yesterday was mostly great until it wasn't. And Alyssa says she doesn't feel good about what happened either. She's very disappointed. He finally did talk to her without the cameras. And it was around 2 a.m. And she told him they just didn't vibe. I hate that word. I hate vibes. <laughs> what are the vibes? Let's check the vibes. I want to vibe with you. I use the word vibe, but um, I think this conversation needs to be elevated a little. Where yeah, it, it has a whole, <laughs> that's not, The word is taken on excuse. a whole new life. Yeah. In these times. 
vibes now does not mean what vibes used to mean. (laughs) (laughs) This this conversation needs to go on another level where she's being honest and she's just not. Um, He continues to say he's blindsided. This is not what he signed up for. It's not what he expected. And um, at this point, he's in one hotel room and she is in another. And they're getting ready to have a talk over coffee. Uh, He also mentions that this could be very well done in 18 hours after the wedding. Alyssa then comes to his room and he's asking her how she's feeling. And she says she doesn't feel great. She didn't sleep at all. And he says, same. He's worried that she has checked out completely. She then tells him that she thinks he thinks that she's not in it for the right reasons. And he asks her straight out, do you think we're compatible? And at this point, they show the snaggle teeth clip. That's the snaggle tooth clip, which is shady as hell. (laughs) And she says things that are important to her weren't delivered. She feels like they're two different people. They don't have a lot of common. Their hobbies are different. Uh, What they want is different. How they live their life is different. And then they show the clip of his friends saying what they said last time. Chris, then again, he's being very straightforward. Have you decided that this is not going to work? I like how straightforward he is because supposedly she's a straightforward and blunt person and everybody says this, but where's that at? She wants to keep that private. Whatever. She says she still wants them to have a good experience no matter what happens. In general, she takes things at a slow pace and he's, again, he's trying to be the gentleman. He says whatever pace that makes you feel comfortable and makes him feel comfortable, that's the pace he's going to go at. How does that make you feel? Is that something you want to do? And again, she's evasive. She says she wants to go as far as they can. And no matter what the outcome is, she wants to wants them to have a good experience. Let's see what happens. In an ITM, she says in the next eight weeks, she's going to see if this works. And But she really doesn't have much hope. She, she knows very well she's not going to last eight weeks. Yeah, she's not going to last the next eight hours, barely. Right. Now, was it telling to you that she gave me some Mirla vibes yet again, that she couldn't bother to get dressed to talk to him, but she felt the need to bring a go-yard bag, a fancy designer, very expensive bag. I, I figured that's what it was, <laughs> but that bag was hideous. I don't care how fancy it is. That's a signature print. That's how you know it's a go-yard. I guess. No thanks. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, you couldn't be bothered to put on shoes or clothes, but you need to bring your designer purse to be on TV. Okay, thanks. <laughs> and she had it in every single scene after. Oh my gosh, yeah. At the is... brunch, it was sitting next to her in the chair. At the airport, it was sitting in her lap. And in the van, she had it. <laughs> like She had it showing. Yes. Like, notice me. Yes. Yeah, that is icky. That's tacky. But yeah, I was even the fact I'm like, you couldn't put on clothes. Like, that's how much you don't give a shit. <laughs> you didn't even now, try at all. So, so you know, there is the rumor that that her and Ryan went on a date. Mm-hmm. I wonder how long that actually was because I can't see. And again, we only know Ryan from what we've seen and what he says on interviews and stuff. But he seems pretty down to earth. He likes what he likes. You know, we yeah. liked Brett. He didn't like Brett. We get it, right? But as a partner, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't see him going for Alyssa. (laughs) Yeah, she seems awful. Yeah, what she's shown so far of her personality isn't good. (laughs) Was it like one date and he's like, all right, 
idea. <laughs> I'm a head out. Yeah. Yeah. Next is another cringe moment. Uh, Chris is going to meet with Alyssa's mom and friend at brunch. And of course, they're excited to ask him how was the night before? How was their wedding night? And he's like, I don't even know what happened last night. He he wants their perspective on whether he should take it slow or is this done? And he tells them everything right off the bat. He said that um, she had concerns. She doesn't think they're compatible. She wants to be friends. And they both look shocked, right? Did you yeah. get that? Yeah. Mom and, and, and friend look shocked. Yeah. Because I was wondering, I'm like, okay, has she had any contact with them? Has she texted anybody, called anybody through the Apparently night? Apparently not. But no, she kept it tight-lipped. Well, this comes up too during after party. Yeah. You remember she was saying that they had that conversation? This was her whole thing about her feeling disrespected because he took the things that they said in that private conversation with no cameras and no mics. And that's what he was mm -hmm. telling them at the brunch but literally oh. they were just asking what happened and that's what happened yeah like, what, what is he supposed to say, supposed to say? <laughs> exactly. yeah what is he supposed but to say oh so this is disrespectful this him. is great this is forever no i don't think so but um oh, mom looks like oh no this is happening again <laughs> mom looks yeah. like she's been through this before um she says maybe this is the start of something because she thinks he's great you have a wonderful heart maybe it's just going to take some time taylor also pipes in she says that Alyssa has always been particular with with guys and maybe she's just being really rash at the moment and she'll wake up the honeymoon will be good for them so they they can be friends and then maybe something will grow out of that the mom jumps in and says yeah that's how relationships start they start as friends and uh, then Taylor chimes in and she goes, yeah, at this point, you guys don't know each other at all. The mom hopes the honeymoon will help them connect so that she can see what a great guy he is. In the ITM, uh, the mom says Alyssa needs someone like Chris. He seems like a wonderful person. She thinks that's why they were matched because they're a little different. He can center her. That's exactly what she needs. So the mom is still hopeful. At this point, Chris says, you know, if she's even 1% in, he's all in. But if she's at a zero, that's different, which is completely understandable. Right. You can't help somebody that doesn't want help. Mm -hmm. But I think it's very strange that she wouldn't even tell her best friend that this is happening. I don't know if she was trying to figure or is this out fake her plan Is this or fake what? best friend? Is this fake best friend? Or is this real best friend? Uh, who knows? Who knows with this woman? <laughs> I don't know what's up and what's down. Yeah, I'm not sure. I am not sure. At this point, Alyssa is meeting with Chris's mom and friends. Mom says, oh, you probably have tons of questions for us, right? And she just makes a stank face like, I don't even know where to start. So the mom kind of helps the conversation along. She asks, what made you think this was your right path? And Alyssa says, you know, it was a really hard decision. Things brought her to this place. She didn't know if it was going to be right. But the worst that can happen is that it's not right. So if the worst uh, that can happen is that, then why wouldn't you do it? The mom says that from what she can see, they did a pretty good job at matching. I was like, ooh. And an ITM, Alyssa says that she's a very open person. She's not a private person, but she doesn't feel comfortable talking to his family about last night. It's weird and she doesn't like it. You did it. I know. <laughs> this is you your made fault. It. Yes. You made it awkward. Have you not seen this show before? 
At the end of the wedding night, you share a hotel. <laughs> I'm not a private person, but I'd prefer not to speak on that publicly. <laughs> what? She, uh, she's a mess. A mess, a mess, a mess. Get her off the TV. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are just she's wasting all fast forwarding through her, part, her parts because she's just that annoying. Uh, so at this point, you know, Alyssa is trying to play along and she asks, what do y'all like to do with Chris on your free time? And the mom is honest. She's like, there's not too much free time with him because he works so much. His friend who uh, does not help Chris's efforts whatsoever, yet another friend who, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if these friends are trying to, who they legitimately think they're being helpful, but maybe they should have thought about what advice they were going to dole out before saying what they said because at this point the guy's like he works all the time he's on his phone 24 7 you're not secondary or the back seat but he's motivated and driven so you need to work around that and know that that's a good quality and not a bad quality that's a horrible way to phrase <laughs> that he's a workaholic exactly because you're just giving her more ammunition to make excuses so right away she's like i that in itm she didn't like that she doesn't like that she would come second. She doesn't like that he doesn't have a work-life balance. And that if he's looking for a wife, that cannot be your life. I, I don't know. <laughs> but again, these are things she has not said to Chris. Chris has no idea what's going through her brain. Nope. None at and all. And that wasn't a friend. That was his brother. It said friend, I thought. I thought I said brother. I thought I said brother. Mm. Um, nonetheless. It was his name was Rick. I... That's what I remember. Yes. I, that matches. <laughs> <laughs> next scene we see them they are receiving the gift basket uh for and and the experts let them know that they're going to puerto rico <laughs> well, my my next bullet point is her bag is hideous <laughs> in an itm chris says taylor her friend told him that this is classic Alyssa, and just give her time he says he's fine with that his plan coming into this process is decades long he's looking for a lifelong partner He's not convinced that she's not at a zero, though. He, in, in uh, back at the hotel room, he tells her that he's always wanted to go to Puerto Rico. One of his best friends is from Puerto Rico, and she's kind of playing along. You can tell she doesn't care to talk to him whatsoever. She's like, yeah, I've never been. And Chris starts to probe a little bit. How are you feeling about going on a trip like this with me and everyone else? And this is another cringe moment. She says she's ready to go on the trip and see the other couples. We'll get to spend time with them. Not him. She has no interest in getting to know him whatsoever. She's like, I already got these days off from work. So I'm just going to go and like see what it's about. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Don't look at me. Don't breathe over here. Don't say <laughs> anything to me. I don't know you. That's, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> Um, at this point, he says he's really open to remove all the stuff that has happened around them and just hang out. Does that work for you? And she says, sure does. He then says, it'll be really nice to explore too, see what's local, go shopping. And she's like, I'm not a big explorer on vacation. And he's like, okay, well, we can just go shopping downtown. I like the beach. All right, the beach it is. And even this, she has a problem with. She says it's been a short amount of time, but he just rubs her the wrong way. And all he does is try to yes her to death. You can go and do things on your own if you want to. She does not want to do anything with him. Do a couple things on a honeymoon. Why would you do that? All right. In a diary cam, Chris um, says that they're going to Puerto Rico. 
but not in the way that he wanted to go to Puerto Rico with the woman he's married to, which is very disappointing. He says it's frustrating. It's disappointing. It's not what he wanted. He's not sure if she came into this with the right reasons. He feels like in the moment she has already written him off. And that's how he ends day one of his marriage. Very promising. (laughs) So much fun. Isn't it fun being married? Uh, So here's day two of marriage. And, you know, they get ready to go. They leave. They're at the airport. And Chris is doing his little diary cam. And Alyssa literally just walks right past him at at the airport security and goes straight to the van. Doesn't stop to hang out with him or look for him or be courteous at any point so (laughs) crazy and that was funny that um that was the rumor of the brawl portion of this episode Mm -hmm. Uh, there was a rumor that the incident on the plane was production having well Alyssa having a fit because she didn't want to sit next to Chris and they couldn't change her seating assignment (laughs) so production had to like sit between them on the plane she's so childish I know but that's something that probably it it was something probably happened like that where it just wasn't mentioned I don't see her traveling next to him for a full flight not talking to him Mm -hmm. she's definitely putting on her beats or putting in her airpods and (laughs) looking out the window yeah So next time, (laughs) so they do have uh, drinks with couples at the beach when they when they get there. But we'll go into that later. Um, But after that, they go head back to their room. You know, their room, their honeymoon suite has a great view and two beds. And Chris is saying it just it's awkward. He wants to be happy because they're on a honeymoon and it's something he's always wanted to do. It's his dream to be married, but he's stuck trying to figure out if he should even be trying or not. Alyssa comments on how pretty the view is. And he's like, yeah, it's gorgeous. Do you want to stay here with him in the room? And she says she's not comfortable staying in the same room with him or with someone she doesn't even know. Even if she liked him, she would not know him. And I just, this doesn't, this is bullshit. This is the point of the whole show. This is the point of the whole show. What do you mean? (laughs) It's a stranger. You're not going to know them. At this point, Chris... Chris goes off. He says, this is ridiculous. He said, they spent a total of 40 minutes together. This is what he says. You told me you didn't want to stay in the same room. Then we couldn't talk about it. And then he got the cameras and microphones off so they could talk. And now you're tapped out. And he says, what frustrates him is that there was never a point in the process where she put any effort in. Uh, He thinks that she went into this expecting the perfect person. And when she didn't get what she wanted, she was done. At this point, she says, no, I wasn't expecting the perfect person. You you know, I feel gypped, you feel gypped, and this sucks for the both of us. Now, I didn't know that this was a derogatory term. Did you? The word gypped? Now that I'm thinking about it, I can see it. Yeah, but, I didn't, I didn't, But I you never know, thought pe- about it before. I've never thought about it before either. And a, a Romani uh, woman or person on Reddit pointed out that this was a derogatory term and it refers to gypsies mm-hmm. and the stereotype around that community um so i thought that was a learning moment for me at least so there you go once you said it i was like oh yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. but i'd never it never crossed my mind before so we'll just chalk it up to Alyssa still being trash and now she's uh using derogatory terms there you go (laughs) another reason to hate her she says there has been nothing but problems since the second they met and there has not been nothing but differences in their core values, beliefs, everyday life, personalities, and hobbies. When did you ever talk to him about 
any of those things. It's been two days and you've spent 40 minutes together, probably <laughs> just looking at each other, not even talking. So when did you have right. time to learn all of this? She's, she is delusional. Yeah, she's, she's something else. She says there's been nothing but differences in every way, shape, and form. And then Chris rightly so says, okay, all these things keep happening and you're telling me you gave it a chance? Here she is being childish again. She's like, yeah, do you think I'm lying? And he, and he, he, he calls her on the bullshit. He's like, yeah, there was never a point in this process where you put any effort in. And she gets pissed. She says, that's not true. I'm not going to stand here on camera if you're going to say that. Just call me a fucking liar. Then she starts crying on the couch, like, you know, trying to make people feel bad for her. She says she's a nice person. Why can't you be nice to me? Why would you call me a liar? Oh, man. She's like, and she she continues with this. She says, you don't believe that I don't feel comfortable sleeping with someone I don't know. And you said, yeah, I think you're lying. Every single time I say I'm okay. I'm over this thing that I heard. Something else happens. Like I find out that you're talking to my family and best friend about what we said in private. That's not being respectful. I would never do that to you. I didn't do that to you. It's like she was saving it in her back pocket for this moment. Because whoever called her, this was a long time ago. This wasn't, this was probably right after brunch. Mom calls and is like, what the fuck's happening? Why are you doing this? (laughs) Right? Yep. And she just held on to it. So when they had a next fight. She can have this part of her argument. Yeah. Chris says he wasn't going to lie to her mother or Taylor. And she goes on to say, it's not lying. It's just, it was confidential. And she's, dude, we're not compatible. I don't want to argue anymore. So she keeps throwing the word respectful around that he's not being respectful. And Chris kind of counters that. He's like, on paper, we're compatible. But I was paired with someone who had zero interest in trying. She says she doesn't know what's going to happen this week, but she hopes that he can be respectful. And she really, really hopes that uh, he can be respectful because that's what she gives to him. It's going to take time for her to build up to a place where she can trust him again and that they could sit in a conversation where there's no disrespect involved. At this point, Chris pieces out. He's over this shit. I don't blame him. Um, He doesn't think he's been disrespect he didn't he doesn't think he's been disrespectful to her he he thinks he she's gaslighting him he says it's pretty shitty going through the, this process going through an actual wedding with you and then not spend time with each other you know she's completely written him off he's frustrated he's still debating with himself if he wants to save this marriage and that's the last scene so for funsies i looked up infographics on gaslighting mm-hmm. Just to compare Alyssa's actions and words Uh, to. uh, uh, (laughs) Yes. Hit me. Signs of gaslighting. And I'm going to give credit to the mind geek. So there's six things he has there. Their actions don't match their words. Check. Mm -hmm. Distracts from their behavior by projecting onto you. Check. Mm -hmm. Degrading comments followed by positive reinforcement. She wouldn't let them film anything she said mean. Yeah. So we don't know. But she did insinuate that she said mean things to him in private. Um, they attempt to block or are unsupportive of your growth. She was definitely doing some blocking. They lie and deny things even when there's proof. Telling you you're wrong, crazy, and imagining things. There you go. So she hits a lot of those bills. Yeah. It's just they haven't been with each around each other and interacted 
enough to hit some of those other bullet points. They have to actually talk in order <laughs> for her so. to achieve those. I know. She's, she's trash. Did you notice another Mirla quality? This bitch got them same pajamas on <laughs> in Mexico or in Puerto Rico that she had on in Boston. By I guess I the like pajamas people. Because <laughs> even if she didn't like him, she didn't know that at the time of her packing. Right. She should have been dressing to impress. She gave me very much Target. Target. Target set. I don't know. I, I like Mirla. I know you hate Mirla, but I, I like I her. I don't hate Mirla. I'm just saying. She wore the same pajamas for like six episodes. This is true. And she didn't wash her hair. No. That was also disturbing. And she claimed to be bougie. So no. Mm-hmm. Well, she got the money though. Oh, that was cheese May I forgot to report on. She interviewed with somebody and gave like the details of why she really broke up with Gil. I think it's the same chick from last week. Well, I know. Well. Oh, the one that Ryan inter- interviewed? Yeah. yeah she okay. She interviewed Mirla this week. I just didn't have time to watch it because it like just came out. So yes, the highlight points was that Gil was just being not transparent with his money. Mm. So when it was time to put the deposit down, he didn't have his part. Mm. And when and then eventually she, he did. So that was like strike one or whatever. And I'm paraphrasing, so I could have got some of this wrong. And then when rent was due, it was due on the first, he didn't have it. And then Venmoed her money like on the seventh. And she's no. like, no, no, no. I ain't playing this. We don't play about, yeah. <laughs> We do not play about bills and the rent. No. Mm-mm. You need Mm-mm. to have your money together. Yeah. So those those were the top things that I okay. remembered. So Okay. That's legitimate. I agree. Anyway, I, I like Mirla way more. Or lie about that. I like Mirla way more than Alyssa. Yeah, I could actually like tolerate Mirla. Yeah. This Alyssa, no. Mm-mm. Alyssa and Lindsay, no. They can go marry oh, each other. Oh, hell no with Lindsay. No way. No, Absolutely thank not. you. Uh, but we're not there yet. Let's no. go with uh, let's go with someone sweet. Two sweet someone's Noi and Steve. Snoisy. Snoisy. I like that. <laughs> uh, so we start with them. Uh, you know, they're giving us our recycled episode stuff from last week that we don't need mm-hmm. to see again and waste thirty minutes of time. Uh, but they're pulling off from their reception in the horse and carriage. They say it was a great day with their big celebration with both of their families. Uh, next, we see them jumping into bed with their clothes on. But they take each other's hand. And Noe asks Steve if it feels real to him. And he says, I mean, we're in the honeymoon suite in a bed of roses. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, when we see them again, Noy is sitting on the bed and Steve is down on one knee with his ring pop again. And he asks her, will you be mine? <laughs> and of course, this gives her the giggles. And she says that she loves that the ring pop matches her um, her second wedding outfit, the Laotian dress. Mm-hmm. She says that it's perfect. Thank you. And they hug. And that's when Steve, he like exclaims, like, he said yes. Or she said Yes. <laughs> Which I thought, they're being very, very cutesy. Uh, But now it's time for them to get ready for bed. So we see Noi go into the bathroom and she's taking off her makeup and stuff, getting ready to go to sleep. And she says it's going to be weird taking off her makeup to sleep with a husband that she just met a few hours ago. Uh, She's kind of apprehensive about him seeing her without makeup. Um, I mean, and for a lot of women, that's a big deal, especially in this case where you're not even just regular makeup. You're going from full glam to nothing. Yeah. that could be a huge difference because Lord knows I look like two different people. 
how I got my good old nickname, Clark Kent. I was one person in daytime, one person in nighttime. (laughs) Uh, But she hopes that Steve is going to accept her since he's already married her now. But again, this also ties back to last episode where she was talking about being self-conscious about wearing her glasses even. She said she's blind as best. She has to wear them, so hopefully he likes them. But it's a real thing. You never want to feel like you're misrepresenting yourself. So Yeah. I mean, nobody looks the way they do every day like they do on their wedding day for the most part, unless you just went to the judge or something. (laughs) Got eloped. (laughs) But she makes her way back into the bedroom, and Steve is like, wow, when he sees her. I know. He's so cute with her. Of course, she, you know, she says she doesn't look great, but she's super cute in her little crop top yes i was like um you look amazing you know you're always your worst critic yeah but there's a voiceover from steve and he's saying that he's very attracted to his wife he tells her that he overheard that she might want to cuddle tonight and you know he's (laughs) open to it if she's open to that and she's like well if you want to so at that point he tells her to come on over and he like scoops her up they look supernatural they do like this is how they've been going to bed for months and months and months Mm -hmm. the voiceover continues and he says he's not worried about intimacy with his wife in his wildest dreams they would get it popping that night (laughs) it's crossed his mind a few times over the last few months but there's no pressure then yeah we see them just Looking super cute, all snuggled up. Mm-hmm. So the next scene, we're waking up on day two. Noe said that she slept good. And Steve says that he actually didn't sleep that long, but it was comfortable for him. He was cool just laying there, I guess. In an interview, Noe says that she's waking up married with a husband and he really made her feel at ease. It feels like they've been together for a long time. Okay, then we see Steve bring in the sorriest breakfast I've ever seen at Married at First Sight. Right? Like, what the hell was this? <laughs> It was like orange juice, tea and coffee, like a kashi bar. Yeah. Yeah. And like a little almond pastry thing. Was it even that? It looks like like the nook and crannies biscuit, you know? That's what I thought it was. (laughs) An English muffin. Yeah. Half of a dry English muffin. I even paused it. Kashi granola bar. I paused it and turned to my husband. I was like, look what they're eating. Who eats this on the, the first day of marriage? Yeah, it, it was interesting. Interesting to see. But she asked him if he was nervous about spending the night together. And Steve says that he's been thinking about it over the last month or so. And he did feel nervous at times. But it was more just uncertainty more than nerves overall. Um He says that once they met, that all kind of went to the wayside. She says that she's glad that they got to cuddle. And he says, yeah, that was natural. It felt total, it felt totally comfortable to be cuddling with her too. In a voiceover, he says that there's a lot of natural chemistry between them. And that's something that he always wanted. And then they cut the cutesy music that they were playing in the background. And he says, yeah, we didn't have (laughs) sex last night. (laughs) Sorry, Steve. Uh, But It'll happen in due time, he says. So they go back to them eating their Nutrigrain bars in bed. And he asks about her dog, Sushi. So Noi cute. Tells, he, he is cute. Noi tells Steve that Sushi does sleep in the bed with her. So they might have to fight for the spot next to her. And, uh, you know, he reassures her that he likes dogs because she was nervous that he wasn't going to be into it. <laughs> but she says that she's actually excited for him to meet Sushi so she can get a glimpse of him as a father. Not to just a dog, but maybe to a human one day. <laughs> Already, day two. I know. Baby's on the brain. Well, they had it day one on the vows. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> this is true. First, first sentence. 
babies immediately thinks. <laughs> uh, but now it's time for brunch with the family. Noi is meeting up with Steve's parents. She asked them if they had a good time at the wedding, and the parents said they had a blast. She said her parents had a great time, too. Uh, in an ITM, she says that she's nervous about sitting down with Steve's parents because they're going to question her, of course. She knows how much his parents mean to him, so she hopes that they embrace her. Uh, Steve's dad brings up the traditional Laotian outfits that they wore during the wedding and says that he really liked it, and Steve liked it too. Uh, Noi says that when she asked him to wear it and he was excited about it, it pretty much just melted her heart because her family really means a lot to her. She gets emotional at this point and says Surprise, that she Christ. really appreciates... <laughs> I know. <laughs> she really appreciated that he was accepting of that because of uh, you know the gravity it held. She says that she feels like this is perfect. And his dad says he feels like it too. And so his mom also agrees. Noi says it. Steve is hard to read. And they tell her that's just his personality. Don't get caught up on it too much. Yeah. His mom says, you know, just ask him if you need to. Uh, he'll definitely let you know. At this point, they go into his unemployment yet again. Mm -hmm. I feel like everyone in their lives cares so much more about this than the two of them. <laughs> Steve and Noi don't care really that yeah. much. But I also, too, think this is production playing us. Oh, yeah, for sure. Have them keep asking, keep asking, keep asking. Well, but I don't know. Her parents probably want to know. And, the, of course, the, the brother and, and sister um, lay it on and you'll get there. But I think they legitimately want answers, which is understandable. Yeah. Uh, Steve's dad says that he's lived a kind of vagabond life and just wants to travel Noi says that she hopes he has some kind of plan, but they haven't talked about it yet at this point. My theory is Steve bought like a piece of a Bitcoin like eight years ago and is just chilling <laughs> in secret and nobody knows. Maybe so. Uh, but at the end, Steve's dad asks what happens if they don't work out and Noi says she'd be devastated. I know. She's so freaking cute. We'll keep our fingers crossed for, for them. Because, yeah, I do feel like she really... Because she's the, she's gone through it. It seems like she's gone back-to-back, -back, like, big breakups. Yeah. She'd be moving all across the world and shit, like... Mm -mm. Yeah. And I think that's interesting, too. They talk about Steve being this vagabond traveler, but it doesn't sound like she's tacked down too much either. Yeah, but she don't... She's not they quitting her job and going places. It what sounds like she met these guys up with like on vacation, like mm. a planned trip to go meet them, mm. scoped them out online, a 90 day before the 90 day situation, you know, mm. that's what I that seems it. to me. Nonetheless, now it's time for Steve to meet with Noi's family. And for me, like, I was like, this is the reality TV crossover I never knew I wanted. Like instantly I heard, cover girl, put your face in your what? head to toe. <laughs> Let your whole body talk and work. If you do not know, that is the theme song to RuPaul's Drag Race. Because <laughs> I knew, I knew last week when Homeboy pulled that shit at the wedding, he was going to pull some shit at this brunch. <laughs> and sis turned it out. We were introduced to Miss Sriracha. She came to storm the scene today. And they have a little interview where Sriracha tells us, it's not just, it's not Steve's or Noy's other sister. It's really me, uh, Michael. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. <laughs> but he says he wanted to dress up as Sriracha to gauge Steve's reaction. Uh, he says that Sriracha is their other half. It's not 
an alter ego like Noisy is. It's just another part of him. He's still the same person. Right. So, you know, when Soracha and the sister come walking up to the table, Steve isn't phased at all. They hug. He says that she looks great and, you know, asks her where the name comes from. And they all say it's because she's spicy. <laughs> but And she is. Don't... She brought it. I love how, like, I also love how her, her parents are just like, this is just another Sunday brunch for us. Yep. <laughs> Completely yep. normal in our house. So cool. Yep. I love it. Uh, there's a little small ITM clip where Steve is saying that he's excited to meet with her family, but, you know, he's a little apprehensive, especially about her brother, because he knows that he's going to challenge him based on the interactions that they had at the wedding. And of course, they show the clip of the two of them together mm-hmm. at the wedding. So... This is when Sriracha says, okay, we're going to bring the heat and opens up the line of questioning. First, she asked Steve why he traveled. Is it because he was trying to find himself? And if it was, did that happen? He was like, you know, you were doing all that uh, eat, pray, love bullshit. So are you done or no? And Steve says that he wasn't trying to find himself, but he was trying to reconnect with himself so he could be refreshed for this next phase in his life, whatever that was going to be they bring up work and his whole job situation is he considering doing something more stable steve says that's a conversation that they'll definitely have to have but he thinks for the way the situation is now freelance work is the best thing and i think or i assume he means between this show of course and you know outside being closed yeah that yeah it's probably better to just kind of do my own thing yeah until everything is stable well and you you bring up the 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 shooting of the mm-hmm. of this show mm-hmm. is like 40 hours a week or something like that right so i mean it may it does make the most sense um but you know i i get where they're coming from i kind you know of course i'm i laugh because sriracha is so freaking funny but on the other side i'm like this is this is now your sister's husband do you need to be coming at him so hard and like kind of degrading his choices Right. And things that yeah. he felt right for himself. You know what I mean? Like he's really downplaying something that was really important to Steve, it seems like. Which, not cool. But I also understand that mm-hmm. from their cultural background, like this immigrant mentality, yeah. this is not going to play. You need a job. <laughs> so I get both. I get both both sides there. Right. At least Steve's kind of cool and rolling uh, with the punches. Next, Sriracha asks him about kids because, you know... He is 38. Hashtag shade. Steve says, thank you for pointing out that at my big, big age, I do not have any kids. But it's not something he's looking to rush into. But we all know they're both ready for kids. Sriracha asks about his financial responsibility in regards to those future kids. Steve says that people have different expectations for what they want in life, which does not seem to be a good enough answer for Miss Sriracha because she says, well, what do you want in life then? Mm -mm. Uh, That's... When mom chimes in and is like, <laughs> she wants a grandbaby ASAP, but you need to have a job before you can have the baby. <laughs> no, she, she's like, fuck what Steve wants. I want grandbabies. Give me them grandbabies. You get a job and it give me grandbabies. <laughs> but that's kind of where it ends there right? for brunch. Uh, so the next thing we see them meeting up afterwards to get the rundown on breakfast noi asked steve how it went he said it was great but sriracha really came for him and he recognizes that it didn't go as far as it could have gone but 
he's still got heat. And Noy says, yeah, Sriracha keeps it real. Yeah. Then Steve asks about <laughs> his family. Um, you know, did they come for her at all? And she tells him that his dad brings up Steve's job situation and then just straight up asks, what's his plan as far as work? He says that they need to have some more in-depth conversations about what they want and where they want to be before he can make a decision about committing to work a full-time job. In an ITM, Noy says that she's serious about wanting to have kids and she needs to have a partner that's financially stable in order to do that. She needs to know how he's going to show up in that area. They both agree they need to do some more talking and figuring some things out. I mean, which is understandable. It's no, I don't understand why can't why don't why don't they have that conversation? No. They're trying to stay in the honeymoon <laughs> phase, not not have a big huge conversation just yet let's just try to enjoy each other i don't know mm, i don't know for me it would be like weighing on me like seriously what's in your bank account how are you doing this is it easy for you to get a job in your industry you know those are all i couldn't do uh, i, I couldn't wait that long for me to go to puerto rico <laughs> so Next, we see them going through their honeymoon basket. Noi seems to really like the Mr. and Mrs. Hats. They're back. They're finally back. They've been away for a couple seasons. <laughs> what? Oh, no, Marilyn wore hers to death. Maybe it's the shirts Maybe? they don't. Ha- they haven't brought back yeah. yet. Yeah, I don't. They didn't have the shirts. All I remember is there was a lot more masks. Ma- stupid matching masks. <laughs> Those masks were really, really dumb. Uh, in a voiceover, we hear Steve saying that everything with Noi is cute. And so then they do a whole montage of her holding up everything and being like, oh my God, so cute. It's so cute. Oh my God, it's cute. So cute. And he brings the tray. He brings the tray of coffee and pastries. Oh, cute. And he just smiles. <laughs> uh, then we see them packing some of the stuff back into their suitcases to get ready to go on the honeymoon. Steve is like messing with her clothes and is like, I don't know what any of this stuff is. It all just looks like <laughs> colorful scarves because it's all just like teeny tiny little strips of fabric. Uh-huh. Like he holds up some purple thing and it's got like four or five things hanging off. She's like, oh, that's a dress. And Angels. I was like, huh? Yeah. Where? <laughs> Wait, that, it was cute. Uh, then they're off to the airport and on to Puerto Rico. Once they get to the hotel, they're in the room popping a bottle of champagne to drink out on the balcony. Steve pours Noy a glass and she says, thank you, husband. And he says, no problem, wife. Cheese. <laughs> Cute. Cute. <laughs> uh, he says that every time he says wife, it's a bit of a reality check that he actually did get married. So they're out on the balcony and they're looking at the water and Steve notices that Noi is kind of cautious about getting close to the edge of the balcony because it's glass, so it's like invisible. And mm-hmm. she says that she's not the best with heights. I'm like this too. Sometimes heights skeeve me out and I'm like, ooh. I get like vertigo kind of. <laughs> but yeah, Steve tries to reassure her and he kind of pulls her in close. And he's like, do you want to, can you look down? Does it scare you? And she's like, no, I just don't want to do it. <laughs> uh, but she does say that she's glad that they got matched together. In a voiceover, she says that they've only been married a couple of days and she feels like she's already developing strong feelings for Steve. They do have chemistry and there's a real effortlessness with them. Uh, but she still has to learn about him. 
and she's anxious to see how the rest of the honeymoon is going to go. Back on the balcony, she asked him what he wanted to do first as far as activities. And he's like, well, parasailing is on my list. I've never done that before. And I really like to do jet skiing because that's fun. Zip lining would be really cool. I would like to do that. And she's just looking at him like, uh. <laughs> heights, heights, and more heights. Right? <laughs> And eventually he says, well, what do you want to do? And she's like, mm, I'd like to not die on my honeymoon. <laughs> and then they start laughing and that's where we leave them this episode. They're cute. They are very cute and normal. And very normal. No red flags yet. Nope, no drama. Nope. Yet. Jasmina and Michael had minimal drama. There was some. They had drama for no reason for no reason so we start with them on their wedding night and they're being so cute she's taking off his bow tie and he's unzipping her dress and they have the sexy music and uh yeah <laughs> so michael says that he wanted to get married at first sight because his dating life wasn't fulfilling he sees signs that she could be the one but he's trying not to let the positivity overshadow the fact that they have a long way to go. So here's what the sisters meant by he always thinks the worst. <laughs> yeah, I know on Twitter I was like, uh-oh, Michael is a pessimist and that does not fly with a lot of people. People don't want to hear the negative yeah. all the time. Yeah, right off the bat, even when he's enjoying himself. <laughs> Just waiting for that other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. So they're getting ready to go to bed. He asks her what side she wants and she wants the middle, like a queen. Yes. <laughs> He tells her that her stepfather told him not to let her boss him around. And she says, don't listen to that man. He thinks he, that she's bossy, but she's not bossy. She dated a guy who didn't want to argue with her. So, and that happened. <laughs> and to which Michael says, you won't have a problem like that here. So, all right. He's not afraid to argue. On day one of their marriage, Jasmina says that waking up to her husband felt great. In an ITM, she says that they wanted to stay up and talk all night, but they were so tired they just fell asleep. He brings her coffee and pastries to the bed, and as soon as she drinks it, notices it's just straight up black coffee, and she makes a nasty face, and he just laughs. <laughs> she says, that's gross, or that's nasty. That's nasty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's nasty. So in Michael's ITM, he says what he likes about Jasmina so far is that she's down to earth and that everything feels supernatural. And at this point, they bring up the last name. Do you even know what my last name is or your last name? So mark your bingo cards if you're following us on bingo on Instagram and Twitter. And she asks, and they say, you know, Morenzi, right? Jasmina Morenzi, which is, I like it. There's a ring to it. I don't know what her, what's her maiden name? Girl, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. And then she says, what if I wanted you to take my last name? And to which he says, why are you creating something that's not a problem? You want to take my last name. I didn't like don't that. Don't tell me what I want to do. <laughs> I know. I don't like that at all. No, thanks, Michael. I liked you until that moment. <laughs> Demerit right there. Uh, next scene that we see them at, uh, Jasmina is meeting Mike's sisters. And she just wants to see where their head is at and what they think of her. But you can tell right off the bat, they just love her right away. They call her sister and they're asking how her night was. And she said that it was beautiful. She freaked out when she put the dress on uh, because her family didn't like the dress. And the sisters were just like shocked because 
I think even once said the dress was everything. She goes, yeah, they just said it was extra, but I'm extra. One sister asked if they consummated the marriage. And she said, no, they just talked a lot. The other said, other sister said that he wouldn't do that anyway. She says, yes, that Mike was a perfect gentleman. And even in the morning, he was just so nice. And the sisters agree that that's just who he is. He's very loving that way. Just be nice to him. He does get a little difficult. Um, to which Jasmina wants to know how he's like when he's angry, which is, that's a good question. Very. But it seems like he's pretty good at handling it. The sister says that he, when he's angry, he walks off, cools down, and then comes back to talk it out, which is super mature. I'd rather have a husband like that than somebody who explodes and goes crazy. Yeah. One sister does say, and I had mentioned it earlier, that one of kind of his things is he assumes the worst. He assumes the worst so he doesn't over-anticipate the outcome of something, so he doesn't get disappointed. In an ITM, Jasmina says that for her, that's a red flag. He thinks the worst in every situation, and that will hold him back from getting to know each other. So back at the at the at the brunch table, Jasmina shares with her new sisters that all of her relationships have been long distance. That's a red flag. She's never dated someone in the same state as her. The sisters are really nice about it and they just kind of move it along and ask what her hopes are for their marriage moving moving forward. Jasmina says that she hopes that they can continue to be honest with each other and wake up every day willing to work on their marriage. She wants longevity. She wants to be married to him the rest of their lives. And one sister says, and have kids. And uh, she's and they both they both really want kids. And she really wants this to work. And the sisters say that they are happy, that she's all in, and they love her already. And she says, I love y'all too. It's cute. Heart emoji. Uh, Mike is having a different experience (laughs) (laughs) with Jasmina's sister and mother. After the pleasantries, Mike asks how they felt about last night. The mother says that she feels slightly more comfortable in the process than she was two weeks ago when... Jasmina said, oh yeah, I'm getting married in two weeks. She says she's still cautious. Uh, Jasmina has seen a failed marriage and a successful one. She was young when she experienced divorce. And at this point, she asked Michael, what examples of marriage do you have? And he's very honest. He says he doesn't have one. His mom and dad were never together. He never had a great male role model other than his brother. But he says he has five sisters. He was raised by his mom and his aunts. They taught him how to be a protector how to treat a woman, not specific, not specifically how to be a husband, but the same rules and tools still apply. Um, and the mom makes a shocked kind of face. She says that's very concerning and exciting uh, because you have this image of what a good marriage is, but you might get lost in the expectations of what a wife should be or what a marriage should be. And Mike doesn't have anything to say to this than any other concerns about her marrying a stranger. And her mom says her safety, which I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty sure they do background checks and stuff. But we've seen that doesn't do anything in the reality TV world. And this show is no exception. (laughs) Didn't homeboy like at the end of last season from get arrested for domestic abuse or domestic Mm. violence from season nine or 10? Yeah. Yeah. So you just never know. Mm -hmm. Well, mom's very concerned still. I thought she was being cool at the wedding, but 
She's not there yet. I said the same thing. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's not as chill as I thought she was. Mm-mm. I thought she was much further and, and along. No, not at all. And Mike, Mike is in tune to this, which is good. He says his mother-in-law is terrified. He can see it in her face, in her eyes, and he completely understands. And he knows that he's just going to have to make some more effort and prove to her that he's a good guy. Uh, Jasmina's mother continues at the table saying that she doesn't know anything about him other than what she's seeing. And she doesn't want to be rude, but it's all superficial, which is true. I mean, you're going to put your best face and your best foot forward when you're meeting your in-laws for the first time. Mm-hmm. At your wedding. So when they meet back, yeah, at the wedding. <laughs> when they meet back up after brunch, Mike says his that Jasmina's mom was not sold 100% on him and that he needs a little more time to win her over. And Jasmina says, well, her his sisters are completely sold. Completely. <laughs> The next time we see them, they are receiving the gift basket from the experts and finding out that they're going to Puerto Rico. Mike is wearing his Mr. Hat and is absolutely baffled about what the luggage tag is. And Jasmina's face is everything. It's so funny. (laughs) We had the same face because I'm like, what do you mean? What is that? (laughs) What does it look like? (laughs) It's so funny. I think he was probably just hyped up and excited. And he says so. He says he's very excited. He's never been so far from home. And he's just looking forward to going to Puerto Rico with his wife. Next time we see them is day two of marriage. They are packing to go to the airport. And they are accidentally matching. And Jasmina says that one of them has to change. And it's not her because she was dressed first. And Mike says they just have good tastes. To which Jasmina says, stay out of my closet. (laughs) It's a sign from so the cute. universe. They're twinning. Mm-hmm. It was meant to be. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> this next um, right. This next scene might <laughs> colors it a little different. Like I said before, we'll go over the couples when they have the drinks at the beach later. But uh, after that, Jasmine and Michael go back to their their hotel room and they pop some champagne and they toast to getting to know each other on a different level and making memories. And then these. This is like your worst nightmare. These birds start chirping. Girl. These birds start chirping real loud. It's like, are they in the room? Are they right outside the room? Hell no. I hate (laughs) birds so much. (laughs) Michael thought he was tripping. He didn't know if he was just him hearing the birds or not. He knew he's like, those are Puerto Rico birds. No, ma'am, Pam. Mm-hmm. Terrible. So they continue the conversation. Uh, Jasmina asks, what do you think so far? And Michael says, so far, it's pretty nice meeting all the couples. Of course, there was a rocky start, but we have to assume that there's going to be some conflict. To which Jasmina says, she doesn't agree with that. That if everybody would just respect each other's boundaries, then that should be it. Michael says, but when you don't know that, you don't know he... he goes on to explain you don't know my boundaries I don't know your boundaries so he might do something based on what he thinks is okay but she doesn't think so so there's going to be some conflict but you know they're still trying to figure it out and they don't know each other but you know they can do it and again she says I'll have to agree to disagree with you (laughs) which is just ridiculous the next the next thing he says is so you think there will be no conflict in the marriage there's already a conflict in the marriage you're disagreeing on conflict right now we're having the fight now <laughs> so she says she's not thinking of conflict she's not inviting negativity in her life 
or waiting for conflict to start. She wants to live in the moment and that's the type of person she is. She's thinking positive and the best out of every situation. She's not going to go into a room with people and judge them right off the bat and looking for conflict. That is not her mindset. Now, do you think she used that phrase on purpose? Because her sister, his sisters had already said that he looks at the worst in every situation. So she's coming into this argument saying that she's looking at the best in every situation. I see. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Because that's fresh on her mind. So, mm-hmm. And I think they're also on two different... They're talking about two different things. I think so, too. They're talking... They're not on the same page at all right here. She's talking about mindset, and he's talking about actual conflict in the arguments in the marriage. Mm-hmm. So... I don't think they see that yet. In an ITM, she said, uh, Jasmina says she is shocked that they are having this disagreement so soon. The sister said he thinks the worst in every situation and that might be a problem later. In Mike's ITM, he says the discussion is not shocking. He's a realist. He assumed that they were going to have conflict. He asked the experts for someone to challenge him and it's right in front of him right now. And now it's time to ask himself if this is what he really wants, which seems really early to ask yourself this question. <laughs> Over such a stupid argument. Yeah, a, like <laughs> argument that didn't need to be an argument. Mm-hmm. If you think this is a challenge, baby, can't wait to see next week's episode. Right? Yeah, I wonder what happens. I don't know. she seems pretty hot under the collar. Exactly. And she seems like a patient person. Well, I don't know, because they said that she kind of wants things her way. So maybe not. <laughs> maybe I'm giving her too much of a benefit of the doubt. We haven't. Haven't seen enough to know yet. Yeah. Here's someone we've seen too much of already. How about let's get into Lindsay and Mark. Mac the Shack. Mac the Shack. Now, did you think that besides the conflict at the end, Lindsay seemed like a normal human being most of the episode? No. (laughs) No? Uh, I guess. You know, yeah, she's weird. But like, it seemed like when she was talking to his friends, she was behaving. Like she can turn it on and turn it off? She can turn it down. She can't turn it okay. off. Because <laughs> they genuinely seem to enjoy her. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Get into it. Let's hear it. <sighs> <laughs> so again, we see them leaving their wedding in the car. Mark asked Lindsay how she feels about her husband. And she says that she thinks she got a good man. He seems very pleased to hear that she thinks so highly of him already. In an interview, Lindsay says that she's attracted to her husband. Uh, You know, she's trying to see what's going on under that tuxedo jacket. Are we working with a dad body or, you know, what's going on there? Which I'm still shocked that she's like so vocally attracted to, not vocally attracted, but so vocal about her attraction to him. I think she gets attracted to men easily. I don't think she has a type. I think if you pay attention to her, that's good enough. That's her type. Yeah. <laughs> and Mark is besides his always looking shocked. He's not a bad looking guy. He's not my type, but Me either. But <laughs> but you know worse. what I'm saying. Like he's not he's not hideous. Yeah. You know he's he's a good looking guy. Nonetheless, they're ready. She says she's ready to jump into the deep end. Next, we see a shot of them in the hotel room, and she says she's ready for the honeymoon. She pulls out a full snorkel from, I guess, her suitcase and is like (laughs) fake swimming in her wedding dress and, you know, tells Mark, this is what you're in for. So get ready. Gonna find a shark. She's swimming for you. (laughs) You know, she's gonna do that for him. 
But then we see them again. They're snuggled up on the couch. And Mark brings up the fact that it's interesting. Neither one of them had their mom at the wedding. So we're deep diving. Night number one, we're having the -hmm. most serious conversation we could possibly have. Wait, side note. There wasn't a lot of moms, period. Like Olajuwon, you know, he never said that his mom was deceased. But his mom was not present. Um, Who else? Well, the other one just passed. Um, the other one's abandoned. Ugh. I guess I was just thinking of Elijah one because his second mom came and I was like, well, where's his first mom? Maybe she's not down with the process. Maybe. Hmm. Anyway. So they're getting into the deep conversations very quickly. Lindsay says that her mom is complicated. Their situation is that way because her mom is not nice to her at all. So as an adult, she's had to draw a lot of boundaries with her. But she does always keep the door open, and she actually did want her mom to come to the wedding. She tells Mark that her mom never directly told her that she wasn't coming. She actually sent an email to somebody else that said she didn't think she was going to make it, and then went on to trash Lindsay in the rest of the email. So Mm -hmm. at that point, Lindsay was like, hmm, maybe you shouldn't come after all. Yeah. Uh, At this point, Mark says that he's, you know, sorry to hear that, but, oh, and he asks if she's disappointed or if it bothered her. Lindsay says that her mom is kind of a mess. We go to an ITM where Lindsay says she doesn't want to hide anything from her husband. She loves a man with a good heart and values. So she wants to see if that's in Mark's character. We go back to them on the couch and she asks, what's going on with his mom and he starts to explain how basically her quality of life kind of started to deteriorate Uh, he says that once she retired she stopped having a reason to dress up so she started wearing nightgowns all the time 24 7 she didn't want to leave the house and then once his dad passed away she sunk even more into depression at that point she didn't even have it in her to get out of the bed to go to the bathroom at that point wow and you know considering i'm sure also again the pandemic probably intensified that because mark's dad only passed away a couple years ago so this was all happening at the same time very fresh right i i know um on another note when he started describing her and i was like i wear my pajamas all the time (laughs) i don't want to leave the house either (laughs) and i was like oh no I might be a little tad depressed. (laughs) Yeah, I thought the same thing, but I'm like, I know I'm depressed. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. Uh, But I am that person too on the couch. Like, I need to pee, but I'm so comfortable. (laughs) Okay, I'm not that far. (laughs) I am. I get up and I go pee. So, but I don't like it. (laughs) Slightly depressed. (laughs) It happens to the best of us. I know it. I know it. (laughs) So this is when Lindsay asks if um, his mom got any help for that depression. And Mark says that she wants to, but she just, for some reason, she can't and just won't accept it. Lindsay says that's okay. Um, You know, she recognizes that he needs help, but it's because he's dealing with this on his own. Like we said, he's an only child. He doesn't have Mm -hmm. his father or any other kind of relatives, I guess, to fall back on. So it's all on him. Uh, Mark tells her that his big worry coming into the process was that his wife would react negatively to the situation. And in ITM, Mark says that the more they talk and share, the more comfortable it seems. He's laid it all out about his mom and Lindsay genuinely seems to want to help. It makes him feel great. 
at the end of the first day of their marriage. This is the Lindsay I wish she was all the time. Like, totally normal conversation. She's not screaming. She's not, look at me, look at me, look at me. You know, and she's being sincere and genuine. I was like, this Lindsay is a good, is a good partner. But all this other stuff... Oh, man. What did it take to get this, Lindsay? A 12-hour day. Full (laughs) day where she was the center of attention. And she's finally Mm -hmm. exhausted herself enough to calm down. Valid. That's true. We go back to them in the hotel room and they decide that it's time to get ready for bed, which we saw last week. Helps her out of her dress and she goes in the bathroom and changes. Lindsay says that she loves that he's vulnerable and that he's honest. Those are characteristics she was clear about wanting in a partner. Those are things that she values very highly, and she's looking forward to getting to know Mark more. She has high hopes for him, but that does not stop her from wanting to go ahead and smudge the hotel room, get rid of all the bad juju. So she pulls out her bundle of sage and, you know, is getting her smoke going, which I'm surprised they let her do because those do produce a lot of smoke. And like, you need to have your doors and your windows open when you smudge your house but also what does she think is happening in this hotel room is this a a room where someone has been shot like i'm pretty sure this hotel room is fine this is all just antics for camera i guess so dumb but yeah hopefully she doesn't cause a hotel evacuation (laughs) i also would like to commend her for having real pajamas they were wrinkled as all hell but they were real. They were. Uh, at this point, she says that it's really cold in the room and she cranks the heater up to 80. Now, didn't they just spend... As a joke, I guess. Oh. I think it's, it was a joke. I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> I was like, didn't y'all just spend all day in the sun? Why would you turn the heater on? <laughs> but look, I hope it was a joke. I wouldn't find it funny. I, I'm pretty sure it was a joke. <laughs> well... He asks if she turned the eater on and she just laughs and they laugh and go to bed. Mm-hmm. So they're waking up the morning after and talking about how they feel. They both say it's all good. It doesn't feel like sleeping next to a stranger. It was comfortable. Mark says that this is what he's wanted for a while, to wake up to his wife and have Sunday breakfast. Um, they're the only Sweet. ones that seem to actually have like food food. A real, yeah, real breakfast? Yes, they had like actual sandwiches and pastries on the table. Lindsay had her matcha. Mm -hmm. They had actual silverware. But this is when Lindsay uh, decides to start asking some hard-hitting questions. She wonders why at 37 he's single and chose to go the married at first sight route. Mark says that he's always known what he's wanted. And it's just a matter of time for that woman to show up in his life. And now Lindsay's here. They have so much in common. It's wild to him. He asks, what about her? And she says that she's a giver who's been with a lot of takers. It's just been loser after loser after loser. She feels like she got the prize out of this process. She thinks they'll make each other laugh and has no doubt that they'll make it out of this process successfully. Then they have a like little dumb moment where he she's talking about her matcha tea and she asks if he wants uh, wants to taste it and he takes a sip and he's like yeah it tastes like the ground <laughs> i like matcha i don't care for it i don't think it tastes like the ground just give me a regular green tea <laughs> so now we have bonding time with family and friends Lindsay is meeting up with mark's friends they ask her how the first night went and she says they basically stayed up till almost four in the morning but it went well 
In an ITM, Lindsay says that Mark is really selfless in the way that he cares for his friends and family. So talking to them will be a great opportunity for her to find out how she can show him that same type of care and appreciation. She wants to find out what Mark needs that he doesn't know that he needs. Back at the table, they're talking about his eating habits. Apparently, Mark is out here <laughs> eating like our guy Gino from 90 Day Fiance, just like straight yep. Boston Market frozen meals and junk. Ugh. He has a whole suitcase full of uh, goldfish, we learn. That is so much. So many packages of goldfish. Is he really going to eat all of those goldfish? It's like one a day. Yeah. That's disgusting. <laughs> Shaq's got to eat those fishies. And that, you know what? And he probably bought it for that reason. To make <laughs> you that got joke. You could have got those Annie's cheddar bunnies. <laughs> Gross. I don't like cheese crackers. Mm. I only like this. I live in a house full of boys. I only like the peanut butter sandwich ones. All those are good. Other than that, no. No cheese or no goldfish. I only get the plain goldfish or, pres or the sweet ones. <laughs> good to know. Someone's getting a stocking full of goldfish. Yeah. <laughs> so... His friends say that he might need to start changing his ways a little bit. Maybe the Mark the Shark era is over. And Lindsay says, oh no, I'm Mrs. MTS. I've taken that on. And his friends are like, okay, well. She's all in. Yeah. She loves it. She loves it. A gimmick? Mm -hmm. Of course. She's probably already mm -hmm. bought like a shark, shark costume. I almost said shock. <laughs> shark costume. Uh, the friend says, okay, well. Maybe we can keep the name, but some other changes do need to take place and he could be opened up a little bit more. Uh, they say that she'll need to break his guard down and let him just have a little bit of fun. Okay, sidebar, this is when the waitress brings the food and it looks disgusting. <laughs> she has some like toast with a, like a pile of onions and capers. The other dude had like pastrami. I was trying to figure out. It was a nasty salad. Yeah. And they did close-ups on all of it like it was supposed to look good. Exactly. So no, I'm letting no you know thanks. I saw it and it looked nasty. <laughs> so they go on to tell Lindsay that he is a very trusting person, but it's to a fault. L Lindsay says, though, she's the same. Um, they were hoping that he was paired with someone who would look out for him. They asked her if she was nervous when she walked into the ceremony for the first time. And she said, no, I was cool as a cucumber. Her thoughts when she saw him were, okay, this is what we get. <laughs> All right. She says that she's excited to finally be with someone who's emotionally available and emotionally intelligent because those are not the same thing. Mm -hmm. She feels like he would absolutely stand by her like a ride or die. She thinks that he's very intuitive and really caring. Uh, they ask her about traveling because apparently she's been all over the place and him not so much. So we're getting this storyline and trope again. One person's a jet setter, the other person's barely been on the city bus. So we'll see if that's going to be an issue going forward. She tells the friends that she feels like her and Mark are a perfect match. She says that she thinks it'll definitely work out. Then she turns the tables on them and asks if they have any advice for her as far as his mom. They say that basically his biggest concern is her safety. He doesn't necessarily want to live with her or have to take care of her himself, but he just wants mm -hmm. to know that she's safe and that she's okay. That's when Lindsay lets them know that she had been a hospice nurse for a long time, so she's familiar with these kinds of delicate situations. Uh, then we go to their friend, the friend's like little ITM interviews. They say that she seems like a lot of fun from their first impressions. Uh, she seems caring and like she's an amazing person. 
She's going to fit right in with the fam. The one friend says she's got the kind of personality that could knock over a thousand people. Mm. Yeah, you can take that whatever way you want to take that. <laughs> they say she's going to be the yin to his yang and they're kind of going to balance each other out as a couple. Lindsay may be able to push his boundaries, which may make him uncomfortable, but that's a good thing. Uh, then they go back to the table. They're joking around again. And she asks if any of them want to uh, adopt a cat because five is just out of control. <laughs> that is a lot. But the female friend says like, well, if five cats is your biggest problem, you're off to a good start. This is true. But she tells them they're going to have a housewarming party and, you know, everybody can take home a cat as a parting gift. <laughs> and that kind of ends there with them having the laugh over that. Next, Mark meets with Lindsay's dad and her friends. Immediately, they give him the Lindsay survival kit. Red flag. You shouldn't need a <laughs> kit to have to manage with Stay someone. Married. <laughs> yeah. Again, her dad jokes about the lion tamer thing. Except he's like, I'm not joking. <laughs> right. Uh, so Mark opens the gift. The first thing he pulls out is a Lara bar. So apparently Lindsay gets hangry. So be prepared to offer her a snack. See, maybe that's, he knew he was going to have to share those goldfish. So that's why he brought eight bags. <laughs> that's too much. Yeah. Imagine like customs, like what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, bro, there's a restaurant there. You'll be okay. <laughs> we'll get to it. So... <laughs> Uh, the next thing he pulls out is a no button because that's something she needs to hear more often. They're worried that Mark is too nice and that basically Lindsay is going to bulldoze him. He's so willing to do anything and everything and willing to treat her like a princess, which is fine, but she needs someone that says no sometimes too. Uh, her dad says that if she goes off the deep end, he needs to figure out a way to reel her back ASAP because once she goes and she's gone, that's it. Uh, again, he wasn't kidding about being a lion tamer. Apparently, she's got quite the slick mouth. Her tongue can be vicious. Uh, Dad says that you definitely want to stay on, stay on her good side, which he's said before. Mm -hmm. And then they show Mark doing the Mark face. Like, oh no, <laughs> what have I gotten myself into? So they meet up together after brunch and discuss how the conversations went. Lindsay tells Mark that his friends are super sweet. She enjoyed talking to them. They say that he might need a little zhuzhing. Um, he wants to explore and be more adventurous, so maybe she can help him along with that. But Lindsay seems to be more concerned about what happened during Mark's conversation, specifically what her dad had to say, because he can say yeah. some crazy things, like the truth. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Mark tells her that her dad says that he needs to be able to reel Lindsay back in. And then he starts showing her the no button from the survival kit. She's like, oh, cool. I like that. It's so neutral. Can I use it too? And then he hits her with the no. <laughs> He's like, yeah, this is going to be great. And then she hits him with the no. <laughs> so we'll see how many times we see the no button this season. I have no idea. I bet we never see it again. Let's hope not. <laughs> So they go back to the hotel and they get their honeymoon basket delivery. That's when we find out they're going to Puerto Rico. And of course, it's Lindsay's favorite destination. She's been a, like seven times and Mark has never seen a plantain. <laughs> As a matter of fact, the next thing he says is, do they have hamburgers in Puerto Rico? Bro, for real? Like, tell me you're an American <laughs> without telling me you're an American. Right. Do they have hamburgers? You're not going to fucking space. And they have hamburgers <laughs> there too. 
she starts asking him, well, she tells him, we're not eating burgers in Puerto Rico. <laughs> and she starts asking him about seafood, and we find out the only seafood he likes, again, is goldfish. That's when production shows us his open suitcase that has eight bags of goldfish, a box of Teddy Grahams, and a pair of jeans. Really pack the essentials there, Mark. <laughs> and in ITM, Mark thinks this trip is going to be wild because he doesn't speak the language, but she does. He knows that she's adventurous and, you know, knows what to do and he has no clue. Uh, they show them starting to pack some of the stuff they got in the basket into their luggage and they're talking about what they're going to wear to the airport. And Lindsay reminds him, you know, it's usually cold in the airport and on the plane. And he's like, oh, so I'll just wear sweatpants. And she's like, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. Sweatpants <laughs> do not go outside. And I totally, the one thing I will agree with Lindsay on is this stamp. Really? Everyone knows sweatpants are I give up on life pants. No, thank you. <laughs> I own two pairs of Nike joggers and that is it. That's as close as we're getting. So after that, they're off to Puerto Rico. We see a snap of them on the plane where Lindsay asks Mark what he's looking forward to the most. And he says, just exploring. He wants to go to the beach with her and have a good time. This is their first trip being married and they smooch on it. And they're both like really leaning in on this. They're, they seem very committed at this point. We're going to see. We'll see how long it lasts. Yeah, for sure. So... All of our couples have made it to Puerto Rico and they're all getting off the plane, getting their things together. Uh, we see a shot of what looks like production trying to wrangle everybody. It seems more of a kind of behind the scenes footage look. And at this point, the music changes in the scene and everything takes on a more serious tone. So it's like, oh shit, you know when that happens in the movies, it's about to go down. <laughs> when the music changes, <laughs> oh, something's happening. So Exactly. So we get a voiceover of Steve and he's saying that they're leaving the airport and everybody's supposed to get in this van that's going to take them to their hotel. So we see everybody in the van and we hear production saying that Mark and Lindsay are not going in that vehicle and we see them walk off in the opposite direction. So the next shot we see is a, like a selfie cam from Mark where he says, MTS and Mrs. MTS are getting the royal treatment on this trip and they have their own private transportation. So then we go back to the van with the other four couples and they're trying to determine what's going on. We hear a producer say that Lindsay refused to get in the van with everyone else and seems upset. So that's when we hear Katina and Olajuwon say that's perfect and she should be upset. <laughs> So then we go back to Lindsay and Mark and she's trying to find her hat. She says maybe she lost it in all the chaos and she's ob she's shaken, obviously. Yeah, uh, she's teary. Right. And at this point, we hear Steve's voiceover again and he's saying that there's a lot of awkwardness and uncomfortableness in the air right now between the couples. So we go back to the cast van with everybody and Katina continues to say that Lindsay should be upset. This is when Olajuwon pipes in and says that she was trying to tell people on the bus what language they need to speak while they're in Puerto Rico. So they go to an interview with him where he explains in more detail that Lindsay came over to him and Katina and asked him if he speaks Spanish. He says, 
you know, I know a little bit. I'm not fluent or anything, but, you know, since I don't speak Spanish fluently, I'm probably going to speak English on this trip at this resort. <laughs> Where they speak English. <laughs> and so this is when Lindsay makes a remark that, you know, since they're on native land, they should be speaking Spanish, okay. basically. I, yeah. Okay. So I didn't know. So I didn't know if this was a racial thing or a we're going to a Spanish speaking country, you should be speaking Spanish because I'm speaking Spanish. Everybody should be speaking Spanish in this country. How did you, or did she think that Olajuwon was from a background where his culture was Spanish speaking? This is where I was confused. I thought the latter first. I thought that she assumed that- Because his complexion is light. Yeah. Yeah. Which I get all the time. Like, I don't know Spanish. No. I'm black. Mom, <laughs> I'm Hispanic and I don't know Spanish. Exactly. This ho- I just make people feel real awkward. <laughs> but yeah, I it could be both. Yeah, maybe. Because either way, like, okay. Either way, it's not her place. Exactly. <laughs> okay, she's Greek. If they were going to Greece, is she going to be like speaking Greek the whole time? Mm-hmm. Or attempting it? Like, no. That, that, this doesn't make any sense. <sighs> I said that to... Uh, my husband is Caucasian and his grandpa, the first time meeting me was kind of um, condescending and saying, I know how to speak Spanish. How come you don't know how to speak Spanish? Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, you're also German. So do you speak German? Well, no. I was like, well, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was like, uh. <laughs> but yeah. And two, it makes me feel like it's more racially motivated because she said it to them. Like, would she have said this to Noy and Steve? Because they can't be mistaken as Puerto Rican. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, you never know. No, but I think she's interacted with Noy enough to know that she's not of that cultural background. Right. Whatever. Yeah, you're right. She came at them (laughs) for a reason. Exactly. And yeah, we'll talk about it more later. But um, okay. apparently he kind of brushed, Olajuwon says that at that point in the conversation, he's just like, you know what? I'm not dealing with this. Go talk to your husband. I'm trying to chill with my wife. Like, get away from us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then they go back to the van where Katina is saying that when they were walking away, Lindsay was trying to pick a fight basically with Olajuwon and and in ITM, we have Katina where she's like going off. She's like, girl, you're not even Spanish. Like, why are you <laughs> pissed off for like, just because you lived in Puerto Rico for a couple months doesn't mean they claiming you. So chill out. <laughs> but then they cut back to Mark and Lindsay's bus and she's like holding back tears. And Mark explains that they had a little quote unquote situation at the airport but they're gonna work through it tonight and you know through the week it's not gonna spoil their honeymoon then we have a small scene of jasmina where she's saying it's wild that they've only (laughs) met each other like a few hours ago and already they have giant group drama yeah and before like commercial break they close on a scene of katina telling production to keep Lindsay away from her like dead ass Mm -hmm. she's not with the shits well, she yeah. is with the shit. That's the down. problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the next time we see Lindsay, she's fresh out of the shower in their honeymoon suite. She's on the balcony and she's about to give her Oscar uh, nominated <laughs> monologue. I was so done. I was so done. <laughs> I could never talk about Lindsay ever again after this. 
I'm so glad uh, you're covering her. Girl. Ooh, girl. It's like, Ooh, it been me. what did she expect was going to happen when you're challenging somebody that they're not going to challenge you back? Yes. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. She's ridiculous. She is. How can you push so many buttons and not expect an explosion after? You gotta hit the red button. (laughs) So, according to her, she says that she needed a second to regroup. She explains what happened was that they were all laughing and joking on the plane, but one of the husbands got a little aggressive with her and, you know, was about to fight her. Uh, She says that she kind of says, you know, what are you gonna do? Fight me, bro? And... (laughs) You know, she thought they were still joking around. And then he just starts posturing and he was waiting for her at the end of the line. He was puffing his chest out and raising his voice. That was really triggering for her. It really brought her to a place where she's just not comfortable. It shook her to the core. So at this point, you know, the tears are coming out and she, you know, really just needed to take a moment to make herself feel better. What she can say in all of this is that she does have the best husband in the world and she just loves him so much. He's so supportive and caring and nurturing for her. (laughs) He told her just to go to the room, take a shower, and he'll handle it. He makes her feel safe and cared for and that's all she ever wanted. She's so grateful. Fuck up (laughs) out of here, Karen. Go. (laughs) Go. I can, yes, I can't believe she pulled this bullshit, but like for real, really, I was pissed. Like, I can't. I know. Um, if, if Olajuwon did this, you can't tell me all those other people would not have defended her if they thought she was in some sort of danger that shook her to her core. No way. What happened was everybody got in that van with Olajuwon. Everyone did because he's right. <laughs> She's she's terrible. <laughs> and we get the other side of the story um, during after party. So we'll talk about that later. Olajuwon does say his piece about what happened. But yeah, exactly. Like there's no way this could have happened Mm-mm. in public with all these production, all the cast overseas. Mm-hmm. All There's like too many factors that there's no way he could have been like up in her face. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, let me let me bring up the archetype of uh, of the uh, angry black man. So everybody can side with me. Ugh. Mm-mm. Ugh. Yeah, that's in poor taste, Lindsay, a.k.a. Karen. Disgusting. <sighs> mm-hmm. So while Karen is upstairs crying, Mark has to play <laughs> garbage man and clean up her mess. And this is, uh, he has to know that he's going to be doing this their entire marriage. Right. He talks, uh, they talk about that too on After Party a little bit. Oh, really? <laughs> Well, he talks about, yeah, how he felt in this whole situation. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, But while this drama has been happening, all the other couples have been out on the beach and, you know, they're having a good time. They're taking pictures and looking at the water and, you know, having a good time, except for our good friends, uh, Chris and Alyssa. (laughs) Yeah. Alyssa's talking to everybody but him and he's just kind of standing around awkwardly. But eventually they all uh, sit down to have some delicious looking pina coladas. I was very Mm -hmm. jealous. They looked so good. They did. And this is when Mark walks out and he goes up to them and immediately apologizes to Olajuwon, who 
accepts it. They hug it out. But I mean, that's understandable because Mark didn't do anything. He doesn't have beef with Mark. Right. Yeah. So now that she sent out her representative, Mark says that he had to (laughs) explain to Lindsay that there's a lot of different personalities going on here. And everyone has their own past experiences. He had to tell her that she's always at a 10. And that that's not for everybody all the time. Because everybody has buttons. Even Chris. (laughs) That was funny. Uh, And again, he apologizes for his quote unquote team. He says he wants to rise above this because there shouldn't be a reason that they can't all get along. He doesn't want to have tension over little things. And at the end of the day... Can't they just raise a toast to forgiveness and moving on, being respectful and having fun in Puerto Rico? This is when uh, Jasmina says to no more drama and a good honeymoon. Mm -hmm. But uh, again, once they sit back down after their toast, I think it's Michael says or asks Olajuwon if he needs an apology from Lindsay herself, if that would mean something to him. And Olajuwon says, you know, I'm cool. I don't need an apology, but I think it's because he knows he's not going to get it. And it's just going to mm-hmm. make things worse to try to push it. Yeah. If she does apologize, it's a, a non-apology. Right. For sure. For sure. I'm sorry you felt that way. Exactly. <laughs> but Katina, on the other hand, she says she's a really patient, patient person. So for her to get upset and for them to see her mad like that, it had to be real. Mm-hmm. So at this point, she can be tolerant of Lindsay and respectful of her but it's going to be real surface level for them going on Mm -hmm. Uh, she doesn't want to be in a space with Lindsay for a long period of time because she cannot handle her personality it's too much and she's not doing it Mm -hmm. so understandable put her foot down she 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 is me and I am her because (laughs) we would have got to tussling Lindsay (laughs) because what you're not going to do is talk to me crazy Mm -hmm. I'm surprised Everybody else didn't pipe in. Yeah. I'd want to, if I was one of them, I'd be like, I'm in it and I'm not in it. I don't know. (laughs) Y'all can handle that. Uh, So the last scene that we kind of see of them is Mark joining Lindsay back in the hotel room. What the hell was this outfit? Oh, the, like the tool kind of skirt thing. She thinks she's cute. She's not. Um, That's her vacation look. Ugly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So she asks him how... The drinks went and he says it was good. He wanted to make sure that her, Olajuwon, and Katina are good. Uh, he says that Olajuwon doesn't want Lindsay to be uncomfortable around him. He actually wants to talk to her and hug it out and make sure she's good. I didn't hear him say that, but okay. I, nope. <laughs> Mark goes on to say that two people hit a nerve and they're still new, so they need to be careful. You know, don't provoke anyone or have a conversation with people you don't know that well or know like that Uh, but Mm -hmm. nonetheless he's gonna always have her back and she says that she learned that when someone makes her feel that way she should probably just take a second and he says yeah you should probably do that (laughs) did did you just learn that (laughs) hasn't that a fresh lesson (laughs) hasn't your dad been saying this the whole time Think before you start talking. I don't know how she has a job. Right? As a nurse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Can you imagine being a doctor and that is your nurse and she trying to tell you what to do? It wouldn't last long. Mm-mm. But he thinks that him being in her life now is going to help her work through these kinds of situations. Uh, he plans to help her with a lot of things, not just this. And she probably needs <laughs> a lot of help. Uh, in an interview, they show her uh, once again crying. 
Uh, she's saying that Mark is everything that she could ask for and more. She's so grateful to the experts. She feels like they've matched her with her perfect person. She feels his support consistently. She loves his positivity and she already loves him. Crazy for day two, one and a half. <laughs> but then it goes back to them in the hotel room saying that they're stuck together forever. It's Mark, Lindsay, and the five cats. Hashtag Team Litterbox because they're the shit. Well, one of you is shit, but. So let's, um, you covered a lot of Katina and Olajuwon, but I'll go and hit up their their spot uh last couple uh when we start with them they're uh on their wedding night uh katina says again at, at this point i think they're the ones who have the most kind of uh affection there's a lot of sexual chemistry there and so i think they keep bringing up you know is this gonna happen tonight basically so katina says she isn't expecting anything tonight uh she thinks Olajuwon will be patient with her but he keeps dropping those hints and compliments and it's kind of love bombing her a little bit, in my opinion. Yeah. And at 9 TM, he says he's ready to let go of those Playboy days. This is a new chapter. Next thing we see is him dropping her on the bed and they're making out and he's happy. Uh, he tells her that he's happy he met her and hopes this is longer than the process and she's like what yeah you're married uh. <laughs> and uh he says well you might take off on me so next we see them day one of marriage and Elijah is continues with with the compliments and he says it feels good waking up next to a beautiful woman uh, who wouldn't want to be excited to wake up next to that um but he does bring up that katina has called him out on his cuddle game he is not a good cuddler duh and, girl um, hoes don't cuddle yeah <laughs> he is Hit gone it quit it. Uh, right after <laughs> duh. um she asks him how did you sleep as a married man and he says good he slept with his ring on and basically he has to because it can't come off and she said good it shouldn't come off <laughs> uh Olajuwon also Brings up that he's glad she doesn't have stinky morning breath because he was worried about that. That's a major turnoff. Are you 12? Like, come on. I know. He says that that she still has a smile on her face even though he struggled at the cuddle. And at this point, she brings up his kind of playboy ways. And he says that he would be considered a cheater, but not really because he never put a label on any of those things. And she calls it out real quick. Okay, yeah, you just had multiple girls. That's what it is. And he says, well, yeah, but I was young in college, having the time of my life. And she's like, yeah, I hear you. You were just doing your thing. And then in return, he asks about her secrets. And she says that her friends would describe her as a party girl, the fun one, the one that'll drag you out and you'll be out till 5 a.m., uh, he then asked if she had, I was assuming he he was kind of asking if she does one night stands, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. And she said she had a fuck buddy before. And he goes, okay, I just need to know these things. Why? Why do you need to know these things? Because he needs to know if she's a hoe too. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> and she brings up a good point. It's too late. You already married me. <laughs> exactly. We were both for the streets and, and now we're married. Yes. Uh, he just says it's good to know. Um, he has a past two, so he can't judge her. Again, too late. Yep. Now here's where it gets interesting. Brunch. Olajuwon is meeting with Katina's friends. They go through the pleasantries. They ask about his night. Her one friend who's always asking 
uh, for the straight beats. Uh, ask if, you know, if they kind of hit it. <laughs> He's like, no, that they just cuddle. He hasn't cuddled with a woman in a long time, so he has to work on his cuddle game, but she has nice lips and they made out a little bit. He said the vibe was there, but he wants to get on that mental level with her before they really get to, you know, he really wants to get to know her before they get to that. And then Katina's friend, Jelani, I never write down anybody's names, <laughs> but Jelani was a man to be known because he he just went all in and wanted to know everything and i respect that so sorry to everybody else who i never know their name but jelani made me see him <laughs> yep he tells uh elijah one that this is not the typical scenario this is not something you need so is there is the so there's something you want out of this process either you really believe in the process or you think somebody can do the job better at finding a, a, a match for you, or you have ulterior motives. Olajuwon says, nope, he's here for the right reasons. He feels that she's been around enough assholes where she can call him out if need be. Uh, he's not a bad looking dude. He doesn't struggle with women. He just wanted to try something new. And Jelani was like, no, 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 no. This trying something new is a minor change. Getting married is a final decision. Till death do you part. And Olajuwon gets defensive at this point. He goes, I get what you're saying. Uh, and he goes, yes, it's the gravity of the situation. And again, Olajuwon kind of puffs up. He's like, I get what you're saying. And in, they cut to a, a ITM with Jelani. And he's, he's like, I have major issues with these bullshit answers. It raises a lot of questions about what his intentions are and whether he's doing this for attention. Because it seems to him that he's doing this so that he can blow up afterwards. Yep. Game recognizes game. Like, you can't play a player. He sees you. <laughs> yep. And too, when they were talking, I was like, Elajuan has like one more good time to try to cut him off because it was about to be a problem. Yeah. Um, and at this point, Elajuan, it's back at the brunch table, but this is kind of like where they leave off. Elajuan tells her friends that he re recognizes that they're, they are her protectors and they are welcome to call him out on whatever they want to call him out on, basically. So be careful what you wish for. You mm -hmm. gave them an open door. Somebody might walk through it. Be careful. <laughs> Katina, on the other hand, is having a more pleasant experience. Uh, she is meeting with Cheryl, Olajuwon's second mom. So whatever that is. <laughs> Exactly. I figured it's like a bestie's mom, maybe, or she looks kind of old enough. Or remember, he had the coach over. Maybe it's the coach's wife. I have no idea. I was just making assumptions. Uh, Katina tells her that she feels like she's made the right decision. She feels like he's a genuine guy and he really wants to be a husband. Elijah told her that he used to not treat women so nice. To which Cheryl says, "Well, at least he told you, so that's good." Uh, Katina agrees. She says communication is good. Katina then asks, do you feel like he's ready to be committed to just one woman? And Cheryl says she thinks that he's going to be very open. He really wants a wife and family. To me, that was like a roundabout. Yeah. 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 She then gives Katina a gift and she wants her to open it because um, she needs to go to work. Okay. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. But basically, it's a, a shirt and a hat 
that she used to wear to all of Olajuwon's games. Uh, as Olajuwon's cheerleader, she is now passing that torch over to Katina since she is his wife. So she's hoping that she will wear it. And Katina's cute. She's like, I'm going to wear it on the honeymoon. No, thank you. Uh, Cheryl says that. <laughs> I know, that was an ugly shirt. And it's used. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, Cheryl says that she was the cheerleader for years, and now she's turning over the reins. And Katina says she's going to take real good care of them. We going to see. Mm-hmm. They meet up afterwards, and Katina tells Elajuan that Cheryl gave her the shirt and the hat that she would wear to the football games, and that seems to make Elajuan happy. And then she asks, well, did you learn anything helpful from my friends? And his demeanor changes right away. He's like, no, not really. He said Kara was welcoming, but Jelani was asking if he was there for the right reasons. And Katina's like, yep, Jelani is her protector. She takes his advice. His advice means a lot to her because he's a good judge of character. And this, again, does not sit well with Elajuan. He says he disagrees. He doesn't know him enough, but he doesn't think so. Everything he said to him, he questioned. He asked why he was really there. And in his head, he already made it, made up his mind and had this image of who Olajuwon was. And Olajuwon said he had to stand his ground. Hmm. You know, and you know what this made me think of? Hmm. You know, in um, in scenes that they showed uh, for, for previews for future episodes uh-huh. where he's looking at her phone. You think it's Jelani? I do. Mm. I Doofy. do. I'd like to because right away, right away, he's already like, why are you even, I, he seems like the type of guy who he is not cool with you being friends with a yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Why are you friends with this guy? You gonna fuck him? Maybe I did already. Is he on your back, <laughs> right. <laughs> is he on your back burner? Maybe he is. You know? <laughs> That's what I think. That's my, my conspiracy theory for this week. I could see it because Elijah is all talk. Like he's totally insecure. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he's threatened yeah. by him for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know. In an ITM, Katina says that it's important for her to listen to her friend's opinions. If they're seeing red flags that she isn't, um, she's going to put that in her back pocket because maybe she's blinded by, you know, all the lovey-dovey stuff that's going around, right? Back in the conversation, Lajuan tells Katina that he's told her from the beginning that he doesn't try to convince no grown man. If he doesn't rock with him, he doesn't rock with him. See, already trying to put the line in the sand. That's where we leave that. And the next time we see them, uh, they are receiving the gift basket from the experts and finding out that they're going to Puerto Rico. So they're packing and Katina is saying that she's ready for the beaches. She's ready for the drinks. She asks Elijah what he's wearing to the airport. And he says, sweatpants. No. <laughs> he asked Katina if they if they can go to a dance spot, if she knows how to bachata, and she says no. And he asks, do you want to try? And then he gives her a little cute dance lesson, and she's eating it up. In an ITM, Olajuwon says he thinks the honeymoon is going to be sexy, real hot and steamy. Yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> I bet you do, my guy. In an ITM with Katina, she, she, she says, do I think we will have sex on the honeymoon? I don't know. We're going to plead the fifth. So, yes, they are going to smash. For sure. <laughs> then we see them on the plane. She says again she wants pina coladas as soon as she lands. And he wants a massage in the sun. 
to which he says, of course you do. And we've gone over all the van stuff and the fight and whatnot. After all of that, they kind of regroup after drinks and uh, hanging out with the other couples and they're back at their hotel. And Olajuwon says that other than the conflict with with Lindsay, it was great. He appreciates Katina stepping up. It's good to know that your wife has your back right off the jump. He's going to have her back too, no matter what. He likes how she was like a little chihuahua just going after it. He's a mess. Of course he likes that. He is. <laughs> Katina then says she doesn't like when females bully other people. On the low, she thinks Lindsay is very shady. Olajuwon, then he takes, actually, I kind of agree with this next part. He gives her really good advice. He says, let's look past all this because we're not here for that. If you do dwell on it, and she's like, I'm not dwelling on it. And he goes, yeah, but if you do dwell on it, and the next time you go near her, you're already going to be irritated. So when she does something, you're just going to go right at it. And this is about them. Uh, This is not about them. It's about uh, uh, Katina and Olajuwon and their love for each other. We're going to get closer, and we're going to break down that wall. And Katina kind of looks at him like, you think I have a wall? Hmm. And he and he's like, yeah, you're not being very open. And uh, in ITM, Katina says that she's not a stone wall. She's going to be vulnerable, but they just met. Uh, yeah, it's day two. <laughs> what? She needs to open <laughs> the her honey- whole heart to him immediately. Duh. Just because he has like verbal diarrhea <laughs> doesn't mean <laughs> she has to lay it all out for yes, him. it does. <laughs> On the honeymoon, she wants to get closer with him and build that bond so that she can trust him. Uh, he Back in, in their conversation, he continues and he's like, why is it scary to be vulnerable? And she says that she's just scared of being disappointed. You think I'm going to disappoint you? This is like, yeah, she doesn't know you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh and she, she says, people are people. I don't know. And she goes, he, and he says, yeah, but I'm your husband and you can't be scared. And again, she kind of pushes back. She's like, I'm being cautious. She's usually gives a lot of rope to people and she gives chances and she gets burned. So she's on guard to which Olajuwon says, don't let your past dictate your future. This man who is your husband will cherish you. Maybe you're scared because of what I used to be. I would never manipulate you. You are my wife. How I have treated women in the past, this is nothing like that. In an ITM, Katina says that she can tell that when he talks about his past, it's not a proud moment for him. But realistically, people don't change overnight. So she is scared of getting hurt if and when her feelings get deeper. And back in their conversation, Elijah one says, I believe that we could do this forever. And Katina says, I don't know. I'm just moving with caution. So that's where we end that. And that is the episode. Hot dog. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know about them. I know. I think he's just like, he has this image. Like the fact that he always uses my wife. I am your husband. Like always trying to like assert that. Mm -hmm. Like making sure she knows her role and his role. Right. And... It's like his past means nothing when it definitely means something to her. No, at the wedding, he was cleared of all of his prior sins and he's a new man now. (laughs) St. Olajuwon has arrived, clean and new. 
at this point, the only ones that seem like if I was going to take do a hot take of who's staying together on decision day, I would just say Noy and Steve yeah. and Lindsay and Mark. <laughs> I, I know I say I only say that because they're both leaning in so hard and they want it so bad. They're going to try to force it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Shouldn't do that. But that's yeah. No, that never works out. <laughs> Damn, Daniel. I know it. You want to hit up a uh, after party? No, I'm tired of talking about this damn show. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, after party was a doozy this week. All right, so on the after party episode, we had Alyssa, Olajuwon, and Mark as guests. The cocktail of the night was the rum punch in the gut in honor of their rocky start to the honeymoons. So they start out by talking about the wedding nights and how it was to spend the first night with their new spouses. Mark talks about how he was taken aback uh, by Lindsay with the uh, her in the scuba gear and the wedding dress. He thought it was weird, but you know, it was like, <laughs> I guess that's my life now. <laughs> then Keisha turns to Alyssa and says, obviously you decided not to sleep in the same room as your spouse for the first night do you regret it Alyssa says no she didn't feel comfortable and she doesn't regret anything period so then Keisha asks her if she was even attracted to Chris and she says he's not her type but then Olajuwon jumps in saying that you know what the process was why didn't you even give him a chance to which Alyssa says that Chris was just as upset as she was, but it was just in a different way. She came into this wanting to get everything she dreamed of, and she didn't get that, period. Mm, on day one, Chris was happy as a clam. Yeah, but he wasn't hot, <laughs> so... which is what she asked for, so fuck this. <laughs> shallow ass motherfucker. <laughs> and you ain't even cute enough to be that shallow. Right? Right? First of all, someone on Reddit posted her her throwback picture again. She goes, <laughs> the person says, I'm going to put this right here just because I hate her and I want everybody to see this picture again. <laughs> Let's take it to a new level of petty. I'll take it. <laughs> so they table them for now. Uh, they transition into talking about Katina and Olajuwon being open and honest with each other straight off the bat. They show the clip of them talking in bed about secrets and their past. Uh, Keisha asked him what, how he feels learning um, that Katina, you know, has a past of her own. He says that he likes that Katina was able to be honest with him and vulnerable, but she also sounds like the kind of girl he was going home with back in the Isaac days. <laughs> and they joke that now he can take her home every night. But Yay. like we said before, they were both for the streets. And now they've decided they want to settle down. So hopefully they can make it work together. Although we see on next week's preview, Homeboy's talking about threesomes. Oh, I know. In front what of everybody. Idiot. In front of everyone. How embarrassing. I mean, if you're into that, cool. But don't bring that up with your brand new wife in front of the whole country. <laughs> yeah, don't bring it up in front of your brand new wife. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is when... Uh, Keisha asks them what's the most memorable moment from the wedding night. Mark says that once everything was done, as far as the wedding went, it was about midnight and they were hungry. So they wanted to get some food and decided to just, you know, walk around the hotel area and see if anything was open and try to grab something. He said before he knew it, it was already three o'clock in the morning. So they had just been walking around for hours talking <laughs> in the middle of the night. 
Well, that's cute. That's a cute wedding night memory. That's true. Then Elijah, yeah, it's better than Elijah's memory. He says he remembers being at the reception and seeing Katina walk by him to go to the bar oh. and order a shot of whiskey. And that's when he knew she's his girl. <laughs> really? That's the moment you remember the most. Okay. Classy. As always. So then after the next break, they circle back to Alyssa and they show the clip where she is saying again that she doesn't want to spend the night with Chris and that they're not compatible. So at this point, Keisha gives her the floor and says, this is your chance to say your piece about all of this. You know, this is not a place of judgment. Just be open and honest. Tell us whatever you have to say to help us understand, like, what was your rationale with this decision? Yeah. And Alyssa starts off by saying that unless you've gone through this and were in her shoes, you can't fully understand. Even the people that are on this show can't really understand. And that's when Keisha's like, yeah, so that's why I'm asking you <laughs> how <laughs> help you Help us understand. She says that Alyssa keeps speaking in these generalizations and that's not helping us understand anything. She says that what prompted her was Chris's friends saying that he can be condescending, he can talk down, or be disrespectful of other people's thoughts and feelings. She says that in the past, she's been in relationships with people. So hearing this from his friends uh, made her think like, holy shit, this is not going to be good. This is something I don't want to be part of at this point again. Keisha then asks her if there was trauma from that previous relationship. And Alyssa says that it was a toxic situation and she should have left, uh, but she didn't do that when she should have. So now she's seeing history repeat itself and it's scary for her. So Keisha asks if she's, um, or if she told Chris about any of this stuff as far as her prior relationships. And Alyssa says that she didn't tell him that any of this was triggering trauma from her past. Uh, she just told him she just didn't like that kind of personality or that kind of attitude. And Keisha points out that, okay, how is he supposed to know this is triggering to you if he doesn't know that you have these issues? At this point, Keisha asks if she ever took a step back and thought about how Chris felt. And Alyssa says she did. And she did try to talk to him off camera about how she felt and also how he felt. But she told him Dang it. straight up that she didn't think he was her match and why. And so Keisha's like, well, what were those reasons why? And Alyssa says, well, you saw in the clip, I gave some reasons. <laughs> and again, Keisha has to kind of stop her and really hold her accountable. She says the reason that she keeps drilling down on Alyssa is because all the reasons she's giving for not liking Chris are hearsay. He never actually did or said anything to her directly. Yup, facts. <laughs> he was nothing but nice to her the entire time. So there's nothing that he's done to validate her feeling this way. Then uh, she asked the other guys what they would have done in this situation. Mark says that instead of being as reserved as Chris, he might have tried to go harder and really drill down again to try to get to the bottom of why she feels this way. Where Chris was kind of taking the advice of her family and, you know, taking a pause because maybe he felt like if she was already pulling back, he didn't want to push her even further mm -hmm. and that just go off the edge mm -hmm. so at this point Keisha forces them to dr take a drink so they can go on commercial break <laughs> so then when they come back we discuss the fight on the plane so they show the whole clip and afterward Keisha asks Elajuan you know what's up what's the deal mm -hmm. so he validates what we were saying last episode number one homegirl is too aware that she's on tv 
Basically, she wants to be a star yes. of this show and is pulling stunts to make sure the cameras are on her at all times. But there was no cameras. Well, we don't know that. We just They just didn't show us footage if they have it. Mm. I'm sure they try to tape as much as possible. I guess. But he says that it was Rocky from the jump. He said the airport was when they all are first meeting each other. Um, it's the first time they've ever been together. And the first thing he says to her or she says to him is that he looked fly, but he had, I guess, some like slides or sandals on. Like mm-hmm. typical people wear to the airport. Airport wear. <laughs> yep, your sweats, easy off, your easy Nike on. slides. Yep. <laughs> Carry on bag. Let's go. And she yep. said, you know, you look fly, but those uh, sandals look cheap. This is the first thing she says to him upon meeting him. Hi, my name is Elijah Wan. Hi, my name's Lindsay. You look cheap. Yeah. Like, that's not totally rude. So then he says that, oh, they're on the plane and Mark and Lindsay are sitting in the row behind Katina and Elijah Wan. And he says that the whole flight, she was just going and going and going. He says that. She was making little comments and saying stuff, which obviously they can hear because there's not that much room between two rows. They said that Lindsay was acting the fool, like at various points during the uh, flight, flight attendants had to actually come over to Lindsay and comment and correct her, you know, had to tell her to keep her voice down, had to tell her to sit down and stay in her seat, had to tell her to keep her mask on. How embarrassing. Exactly. Um, I don't know if there was drinks on this flight. I'm gonna assume probably because I don't know. I don't. I don't think she needs alcohol to be annoying. She's already annoying. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I was trying to give her an out, but mm, I don't know. That's just truth serum, right? Exactly. <laughs> so uh, then the next scene we see. Well, you know what else made me think that too is because in the mm. um, next episode clip. That's when we see Katina getting in her ass and she's telling her about her drinking. She's telling her that, oh, you know, you're okay. too damn old to be getting sloppy drunk like that and blame, blaming your behavior <laughs> on being sloshed. You're like 35. Grow yeah. up. <laughs> but he goes on to say that her behavior was very disturbing to him and very disrespectful. It's not cool to talk down on anybody or tell another adult what they should or shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was, you know, trying to enjoy his time with his wife and get to know her, but old girl is in the back harassing them. So that's when Keisha uh, calls out Mark making his Mark face <laughs> and asks him what his take is on the whole thing. And he said it was awkward. He said, you know, we have to remember he just met Lindsay just like they just met Lindsay. They only have maybe yeah. a couple more hours of time they've spent together. So this is all <laughs> new to him, too. This is his first time seeing her act like this, too. So yeah. he doesn't really know what to do. He said after it all escalated, he was upset that she was, you know, upset by it all. He felt bad, basically. But he let her know. Yeah. But he let her know that yo, this isn't cool. This is not what I want in a wife. And if this is how you're going to act, this isn't going to work between us. He says that he's not a confrontational person. So he's not trying to deal with all this. Which is interesting because it seems like in the preview that she's all upset. She's like, you're either in or you're out. There's no in the middle. Yeah. This is how I am. So if he said what he said, then why is she saying that? Uh, Who knows? The editing on this (laughs) show is next level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like, I feel for him in this, like, this is like the girlfriend who like, 
at a bar starts a fight with some dude and it's like, yeah, my boyfriend's going to kick your ass. And it's like, wait, uh-huh. I didn't say, how did I get in it? <laughs> I know. And Mark seems like a stand-up guy. Yeah. So I feel real bad for him because, you know, he wants this so bad and this is what he ends up with. So Exactly. But this is when Keisha says the obvious. You know, if you're going to dish it out, you have to be able to take it. You can't be the aggressor mm-hmm. and then flip the script and then be the victim too. Huh? No, yeah. it doesn't work like that. Yeah. So uh, they ask Alyssa her thoughts on how Olajuwon handled the situation. And she said he did the best he could. Uh, that in time, they learned that with Lindsay, you kind of have to ignore her in order for her to stop. Like she's looking for a reaction. <laughs> so you just can't give that to her but at this point they were stuck together on a plane there's nowhere for you to run and things just kind of boiled over then at this point Keisha thanks them for you know giving some more insight into what happened because she knew us as the audience was gonna have questions about you know what's happening yeah and Olajuwon was sure to bring up that when they were walking off the plane Lindsay yelled that she wanted to fight him which is why we heard Katina say that on the uh, in the van when they were trying to mm-hmm. leave. And Alyssa is shaking her head in agreement at the moment that, yes, this happened. And Olajuwon says that that's not cool because you know what you're doing. Yes. When And like we said before, this is her being in full-blown Karen mode. She's trying to make it look like he was the problem when she was the aggressor in the situation. She started this. Yeah. I'm sure that, I'm sure that whole plane was like, This is the worst flight I've ever been on. Yeah, so he says that uh, when they were leaving the plane, he was in front and he was carrying the bags. Katina was behind him when Lindsay yelled. And before he could turn around, Katina was already in beast mode. Like, who are you trying to fight? Because we can go right now, baby. (laughs) So she was ready to ride for her man's. But unfortunately, the cameras weren't around to catch that. Darn. (laughs) So after another commercial break, we go back to the other drama with Alyssa. They show the clip of the balcony fight. And Keisha asks her if she has any new insights or different perspective looking back on the situation uh, rather than what she was thinking in that moment. And before she answers, production gives a shot of the three of the guests and you can mm-hmm. see the guys are definitely giving each other looks. Like hard. Oh, I miss that. Hard. Especially Olajuwon. <laughs> They're looking like this bitch. <laughs> she about to lie. <laughs> uh, but Alyssa goes on to say that she feels exactly the same way. In the moment, she did not feel respected. Uh, she did not trust to be with him. And nothing's changed. She said that... The wedding night, they had the private confidential conversation, no cameras, no mics. And that was the information that he told her family and friends at brunch. But again, he didn't say anything like wild. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know why she's, it's just He just said bullshit. the truth. <laughs> yeah, this is just her it's, trying to use yeah. an excuse. Uh, but then like we're saying, Keisha asked her, well, what did you expect for them to talk about at brunch? <laughs> Obviously, they were going to talk yeah. about the night before. And she says uh, that her mom and her friends know her comfort level as far as sharing things and just some other like Mm -hmm. BS. It's bullshit because the mama was shocked. Exactly. Both of them were. Both of them were. But you can tell. You can tell those were genuine reactions of like, wow, Lindsay strikes again. Right. Or not Lindsay. What's her face? Uh, Alyssa. Alyssa's. 
Alyssa strikes again. Uh, so Keisha calls her out and it says, you keep saying you're a private person and you don't want, you know, things shared and you feel disrespected when things are shared. So why did you sign up to be on a reality TV show? <laughs> the whole point is to share the process and see what you go through. Yeah. And she goes into this whole thing about how she wanted to be respectful of Chris because she didn't want to seem mean or say anything mean to him on camera so she thought it was better to speak to him privately in an intimate setting so you didn't want them film you being bitch basically yeah yeah got it so again Keisha at this point is like all right well since you're not really saying anything I guess we'll just form our own opinions as we watch the rest of the show (laughs) she says it's kind of a shame that Alyssa didn't use this as an opportunity to make her voice heard and again say her piece and give her side This is when Alyssa starts crying and ends up walking off set. Like, really? At this point, you know, I had my, uh, not doubts. I have opinions about Keisha and the whole Cosby thing. Mm -hmm. But I can appreciate her as a host now. Yeah. Like. She wasn't playing. I I think they also, and she wasn't playing. They have given her a lot of grace. I guess she can do whatever she wants to do because she was calling out Alyssa at every turn and pushing and pushing and pushing and you don't see that not even on like um tell-alls with uh girl Sean Robinson what's ain't her doing this I know but like this is what people right. want answer the questions right. you know they want a, a host like this to ask the questions we're all asking and finally someone's doing it so I can appreciate that I think she's doing a great job I know a lot of people are like Oh, Jamie's so much better. On what world? Who said that? In what world? There's a there was a whole lot of people yeah. commenting about how they miss Jamie and they did Jamie wrong and they need someone from the show to be the host and da 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 da. No, they do not. They need a pro. Especially not her, <laughs> if anybody. After Miss Thing walks off, they keep it moving. Keisha asks the guys what they think of the whole situation. Elajuan's like, this is straight bullshit. He says she got married. <laughs> She wasn't attracted to her husband. She took some corny shit, his corny ass friend said, and used it as leeway against him to get out. Period. That's it. End of the story. Mm -hmm. Which, I don't see the lie. Accurate. So they wrap it up with Keisha saying that she, you know, is always coming from a place of empathy. She never wants to make anybody feel bad and she's not trying to call anybody out. This is supposed to be a platform for them to be able to give a full account of what's going on. You know, Alyssa had all the opportunity in the world to say whatever she wanted to say, and she chose to cry Mm -hmm. and walk off. Fine. Um, She's sorry that Alyssa chose to leave, but she always has an open invitation to come back if she wants to give more of her story. And that was the after party. Ew. Ew. Mm. It was good. It was juicy stuff. It was a lot this week, man. (laughs) Yeah, but that's the show. It was a doozy. Thank you so much for joining us as we cover Married at First Sight, season 14. Remember to continue the conversation on social. Uh, Igby usually live tweets on Wednesday, so catch her there. Uh, if you have any chisme, make sure to send it our way. You can DM us on our social media accounts. Don't forget to share, rate, review, and subscribe so other chismosas can find us. Anything else, Igby? I'm done. <laughs> that was a long-ass one. <laughs> but okay, good. Say the words. That's it. Bye. See ya.